have an intro they want to do? I mean, I could just kind of start doing my really vocal fry. Yeah, why not? Again. I, I've lost it. Uh, my voice cleaned off. I'm I like... <laughs> Colin, no. Uh, no. Sarah, are you, no. Are, are, do you mean... Are you about to no. say... Opa Gundam style? Opa Gundam. See, now I'm just breathing in again. Look this shit. Opa <clears throat> Gundam style. <sighs> Opa Gundam style, everyone. Uh. Hi. I'm normal Sarah. <laughs> the joke of Sarah, parentheses, normal. For once in my life, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Hello, everyone. We're back out of the soup. We are dried off and cleaned. We've been set on top of the oven for a little bit to dry off a little bit. Um, Max took us out and hung us over the fire, and we are nice and crispy now. Yeah, we're we're clean and pristine and ready to descend into madness, I guess. Yeah, uh, for these totally normal episodes that we watched. Just <gasps> absolutely normal. God. I'm not gonna lie, because I had to ration them for myself, because, like, I wasn't strong enough. My brain was not strong enough this week to watch three episodes of Zeta Gundam at once. So I, I watched, like, one a day, and now I can't remember what happened in the first one, so... Well, it's good that you say that, because I have a, a, a an episode summary written up, ready to go. Wow! Colin, you wanna, you wanna hit me with that new type flash? Zeta Gundam episode 43, Haman's Victory. Oh, good for her. All right, good for her. So <laughs> I'm with her. <laughs> hashtag I'm with her. Um, Grips 2 is nearly at Granada. As a last-ditch plan, Melanie Hugh Carbine orders Ayuk to contact Haman Karn and ask for her help in destroying the colony. Haman surprisingly agrees, despite Shar's misgivings about being around her, but he swallows his pride. Her terms are simply a pledge from Ayuk to recognize the legitimacy of the Zabi as the ruling class. In the battle, I'm sorry, the what of the Zabi? Sorry, I interrupted you. The legi- Carry on. The legitimacy. Thank you. Um, in the battle, Ayug act as decoys while Haman rolls up and disables Grips 2, luring the Titans away but leaving the colony intact for her to use herself later. As a result of this agreement, Shar has to pledge himself to Maneva, which has him all up in his feelings the end. Yep. <laughs> this really this really is the... Uh... Shar has to do this episode. Yeah, this is the episode where we make Shar do things he does not like to do. Um, yeah, you know what we do get to start off with, though? Uh, mm. Haro gets to play pool. Haro pool ball! Haro pool ball! He's ball! He's ball! He's ball! He's, he's ball! ball. He, he gets to play pool! He gets to be the ball! I'm so happy for him! I love him! I think that from now on, we should all the billiard sets we produce should just be, like, all the balls should be Haro-sized. Oh. You gotta get like a really big cue and just like smack them around, <gasps> like the size of a pool noodle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think you're basically describing croquet. Pegasus's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yes. the the Yu-Gi-Oh character. Yes, croquet from yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, croquet in my, from Yu-Gi-Oh. In, in, in my Animal Crossing town, I have a new neighbor named Jambet who's a frog, and she says croak dash k a y. So she she says croquet every sentence. I was like, huh? From Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is fundamentally broken. Yeah, I'm like at the moment. I'm just sitting here sorting through my like family friends list to see if I know anyone who has like a pool, snooker, or billiards table, and uh, so I can go to their house and then draw little harrow faces on every single one of the balls without mm. them knowing. Coming up blank, unfortunately. This is uh, uh, you know. This is why everybody should watch Gundam Seed because it does have a plethora of multicolored haros that are about the size of grapefruits in it. Uh, so you can definitely uh, play pool with them. Uh, uh, little haro. No. 
Smaller Haro theory. Yeah, yeah look, Haro being pool is like the most important thing to happen in this episode. Yeah, like, you just, uh, there's a cool shot of Grips where it looks like it's going to swallow Earth. It kind of looks like a basking shark going, Aww. Yeah, I, 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 think it, I think it's cinematography. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm sure it's visual storytelling. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of visual storytelling, Katz is here. Remember yeah, that Katz remember exists? <laughs> that, the, the beloved character from Gundam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like my favorite movie from 2019. Yeah. I'm um, glad they're watching it. Yeah. Katz, uh, the mobile suit pilot, tells Camille to go to the bridge, I guess, because uh, uh, they've got to go through this whole plan about what's going to go down with Haman Karn and Grips 2 and all this bullshit. So <laughs> Why don't we simply go to Haman Karn and politely ask her to help destroy a weapon of war? I'm sure she'll be fine about it. I do, I do enjoy in this scene if they're, because they're like on the bridge and they're like, oh yeah, we've got to go alive with Axis, blah, 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 blah. And just everyone just kind of turning and looking over at Char. Oh my just God, I know. There like, mm, and he's like, okay, we will do okay, this fam. thing. All right. <laughs> he's like taxidermied fox face all episode. But if the taxidermied fox was wearing sunglasses and looked kind of strangely normal. <laughs> yeah, no, you can tell he is like boiling internally. He does not like any of this, and and then because um, he's like he's very because he again he's done this shit before. He's like mm, gotta follow orders, gotta do what I'm told. Blah 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 blah. Um, and then we kind of th- there's like a subsequent scene of like Emma and Katz are arguing because Katz is like I can't believe we've done this, and by this he means going to ally with Axis. Uh, and Emma is like Katz, we gotta and just like Camille comes in and starts spiting that same kind of stuff like cats i know we don't want to i know we hit axis but we've got to follow orders um which i thought was a good follow-on from that quattro char scene yeah mm-hmm. um and uh Fa's there i guess that because like uh, camille gets like led in there by haro coming out and saying something is is wrong and yeah. it turns out yeah Fa and the kids are there and Fa doesn't think that we should be working with axis either uh and then you know bright tells uh, Katz and Fa to go hang out in the brig for the rest of this operation for mouthing off about uh, not being okay with it. <laughs> he says, kids, you're grinded for having morals. Maybe a little bit of an overreaction? Who's to say? He yeah. does try to slap Katz and Katz expertly dodges. I guess yeah. like when he's off screen, he's been working on his reaction time so he doesn't get hit with another bright slap. This is this is why we know that the next generation is better, is they, they are in it. You cannot hit them anymore. Camille and yeah, Katz yeah, yeah, are simply yeah. too nimble. <laughs> yeah, they've leveled up their decks. Um... <laughs> yeah, they're going for that. Uh, get that they're going saving for, throw. Yeah, they're trying to get uh, that Scimitar Katana build going. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um and then there's just like, because they get sent to jail, and there's like, is it now or is it later when there's a scene of they're all just in the brig, like kind of cuddling? Um, um, that, that's later, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but, but the kids so are this... hanging out uh, in there. Yeah, they with him, they, they like elect to go with Fa, and they like yeah. stick their tongue out at Bright. To be, you they're know, showing mean. solidarity. They are. And like the uh, oh god the 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 bridge crew guy who isn't Torres that I can never remember his name like tries to like tell them that the brig is haunted and they tell him to fuck yeah. off and it's great it's cute <laughs> they say it's cute. like I don't know who says it but I've got it written down here that someone is like don't be silly there's no ghosts in space <laughs> I think Cat says that yeah that does sound like a thing Cats would say yeah he'd be like, like I'm a grown up I'm rational I don't believe there's ghosts in I don't space. Be- I don't believe in soup. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, Quattro's in like a room drinking half a bottle of whiskey, thinking about space ghosts right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. Coast to coast, baby. If there's one thing you gotta know about space, you gotta know they got ghosts all up in it. 
full of ghosts. It may be infinite, but it's cram jam packed full of those ghosts. Uh, Sh- Shinta has mistakenly believes that they're past Mars, where we do know that the space ghosts can't get can't get past. So you know, yeah, they, they, they can't they can't go they can't cross the asteroid belt. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. A ghost's very afraid of, of rocks. That's one thing you got to know about ghosts. The the asteroid belt is like a giant line of salt. Uh, they can't <laughs> cross it. <laughs> exactly. It's salt, but the gra- it's, uh, the grains are very big. Oh, yeah, really big chunks of salt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Eventually, Camille is like, I, I think someone asked Camille what he thinks. He's like, oh, this is actually a pretty good plan. I'm going to do it. And, and, and I'm okay with it. For once, I guess I he's like... War. I, 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 yeah, it, it's like half I love or half like he's being rational and being like, yeah, I can understand that, like, I'm not probably not going to be able to talk myself out of this one. He just does it, though. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's, um, it definitely is feeling, you know, because this, this would have been a thing that, you know, uh, Camille would have totally objected to, like, what, yes. five episodes ago. Uh, and it really seems like he is just. I don't know, he's kind of drinking the Kool-Aid at this point, is what it kind of feels yeah. like. Like, he's going along with it because it's a command down from from Char and, and Bright, and so that's just what he's going to do. And we even get that kind of feeling from Bright, where, like, Bright honestly feels kind of the same way that, that Katz and Fa do, but is more objecting to the fact that they're mouthing off publicly and it could potentially hurt morale or something. Right, like, yeah. It's, uh, we're getting the feel that AUG is, in fact, a military organization, uh, and that kind Damn. of sucks. Because <laughs> yeah, there was, true. like... Several times in these episodes where I'm just watching thinking, oh, Camille has become the Quattro and, and Katz has become the Camille of this series now. Because it's like, you know, there are several times at which Camille does the things that the adults will be doing and then Katz is there doing the things that the children are doing or and have been doing. Mm-hmm. It's, and, yeah. it's like poetry, it rhymes. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's happening again. Yeah. Oh, beans. Um, Camille flies out with Zeta, he has a white flag. And I guess, like, just everyone obeys this one part of the Geneva Conventions, or, I'm sorry, the Antarctic Treaty, that, like, if you have a white flag, you can't be shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. He flies to the, uh, fuck, what's it called? Uh, the Guadon. The Guadon, the Guadon. He flies to the Guadon. He gets out, and looks like a billion Xeon soldiers with guns. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, ugh, typical of the zombies. Which, like... <laughs> Camille definitely doesn't know about the zombies. He's only going off, like, the ghost stories Char has told him about the zombies. Like, they're just, like, a yeah. bunch of, like, space assholes. He's like, oh, they would put guns on me, a 17-year-old normal boy. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, he grew up in the space colonies. I'm sure he he heard plenty about them okay, uh, yeah. uh, leading up to this point. But, yeah, you know, they're a bunch of space Germans with, uh, you know, machine guns and pistols mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he gets escorted over to Haman, like, hands her a note, she opens it up, the dick butt is there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the cool S. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, ma- it's cool machine S. code. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she, she reads the letter, and then she's like, okay, well... This time, I'm going to Char's house. Let's yeah. go, baby. Let's go. Yeah. She does it as, like, a display of her sort of, like, reasonability and politeness. Yeah. It's like, she's... oh, yeah, I'll do it at your place as a, sh- as a show of good faith. Yeah, because she says she's not an arrogant person. She'll return respect with respect, which is the most bold-faced lie I've ever heard. It's, like, right up there with Char saying that he's never betrayed anybody. Yeah, I, I was, was going <laughs> to yeah. say, I've never respected anyone in my life. <laughs> But also, it is just kind of rude to invite yourself to other people's houses, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Not, you know, she, unless she, 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 just, and, like, she and Char go way back. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. fair. I was gonna say, unless you're like really good intimate friends, and you know yeah. they're rivals, which is basically the same thing as lovers in yeah. in, in Gundam. Usually, um, it's the um, exact same thing. Yeah, <laughs> and you know the last time that the Argama came over to uh, Haman's house, they did throw a bunch of grenades inside of it and shoot a bunch of people. Uh, so you know, uh, probably yeah, her yeah, turn mm. to go do the same. Exactly. Yeah, um, like the cleanup after that party. Ugh, gross. They didn't <sighs> even stay and help. I know. They just they just left Haman in the to do well hungover. Disgusting. Rude. Ugh, rude. Sure. Rude. Come on. Uh, famous. Anyways, the Quebley's here now. <laughs> Space Pope. Oh my god. So, the the I, I have again very excited in my notes, Cubely. So this is the one, it's like it kinda looks like if a robot was a ladybird and white and just very elegant. Yeah. It's like Yeah, yeah. It, it is this massive, like huge the this thing like this looks like nothing else we've seen in Gundam, right? Like, th- this would fit... Was that Craig? Oh, fuck you, Craig. Whatever, who gives a <laughs> yeah. shit? Um, this thing would fit better in 0079, more so than it fits in Zeta, just because it's so weird and curvy and funky. It has these, like, absolutely massive shoulder binders that, like, jitter as it flies, as if it were, like, a Beatles Elytra or something. It has this weird, like, Frieza-ass what? head. It's Frieza colors, right? It's, like, white and purple and pink, and, like, this thing looks so fucking cool, dude. Mike, so I'm raising my hand. I've got a question. What the fuck is an Elytra? Elytra are the wing casings of beetles, like the hard cover that goes over the wings. Okay, so the ladybird bits of the ladybird. Exactly, yeah. Um, we call we call them ladybugs over here across the pond, thank you. Whatever. Lady Ladybird's movie starring Saoirse Ronan. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But anyway, Cubley beats ass, we love it. Pay your specs to Space Pope. But I mean, like, we don't... It doesn't... We haven't... We just kind of saw it we, for like we 10 haven't, seconds. We it haven't seen what it can do. What, oh stuff. my god, Sarah. Once you know what it can do... <laughs> can it Can it shake its ass? The, Sarah, I'll tell you, the ass is very important. Oh, um, shit. Now, Hell yeah. Uh, Sarah, just to transport you back to the year um, 2010, just because Gross. I think it's really important to for you to uh-huh. understand that exactly why we call this uh, the Pope Gundam... Uh, I'm just going to throw this in here real quick. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, listeners, the the, the 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 folks here have uh, put a picture of Pope, whatever Pope that is. And you know the way the Pope Bene- has a Bene- little, Benedict the 16th. A little, okay, Catholicism, a little white sort of uh, elbow-length cape that he usually wears around. Well, there's a picture of the Pope here in the wind has caught his little elbow-length cape and he has flared out and looks precisely like the um, cubelet wing casings. And this image, in impact font, says Mobile Suit Gundam Pope deploys shoulder armour, the source being I can has cheeseburger two cheeseburger emojis, little watermark on the bottom. Very important. Oh, yeah. delightful, beautiful, love it. You love to see it. Oh, this man. takes me back to when I was reading the Naruto manga and the kind of highlights from the kind of scanlation were just the occasional 2010s era meme that would come up, some of which were very offensive, but most of which Oh I yeah, they're see. all horrendous to see nowadays. <sighs> Good robot. Yeah. <laughs> And like it, it you know, they they fly back. It lands. Everyone's like staring at it because it looks so funky. Yeah. And when when they land, Char is like he notes himself. He's really impressed that they like actually built it. So it's like you know, Axis clearly has like really good production capabilities. So yeah. they can like just like even they could even make that. It's like damn. 
Good and robot. we we can tell Haman's a hotshot pilot because she does buzz the Argama bridge. It's very oh, cool it's so see. cool. Yeah, <laughs> God, Haman's so cool. I think we yeah. should just let her do whatever she wants. Yeah. Uh, well, we do get a good solid couple of minutes of Shar and Haman flirting on the bridge. Uh, God, and also I would be in, yeah, <laughs> so just feeling so horrendously awkward having to watch this go down. I well, mean, yeah. flirting if Shar has a humiliation kink, which I mean we don't know that he doesn't. He probably does, Sarah. <laughs> It's, it's mostly just Haman being like, oh, do you like that, you little man? You pathetic little man, are you willing to accept the sovereignty of the Zabi family, Shar Aznable, you pathetic little man? Do it. Do it. Take your sunglasses off. Look me in the eye. Accept the sovereignty of the Zabi family. Fucking do it. And Shar even says, our relationship may last forever, and that's a good thing. Like, you know, he's really having to do the heavy lifting here of, like, please do not kill us. Please do not betray yeah, us. Yeah, the whole time you can tell he's, like, saying this all through his teeth. It's like, <laughs> please do not kill us, Haman. And God. actually, like, all the bits where someone is like, yes, Ayuk is prepared to accept the sovereignty of the Zabi family. Uh, Bright is the one that says those. Yeah, and not Shari's Shar. just like, what he said, yes. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, uh, and you know he asks, uh, you know, Homonomy he was like, "All right, cool, we got a deal then." And uh, Shar asks, "What would have happened if Ayuk wouldn't oh agree to back him?" And she immediately just says, "Oh, we'd have to do a full-scale nuclear strike against the uh, the entire Earth. Like, the basically, if the Zabi family does not get support from Ayuk, they're just literally gonna glass the planet." <laughs> It seems like a reasonable reaction to me. I don't see what the problem is. Seems like a great family to accept the legitimacy of. God. She does, like... Okay, she... You know, she's talking about doing war crimes. She's really cool, though, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> she's really cool. Like, it's, you know, kind of wow, like the cool thing that's crimes. frustrating about wow. the other villains we've had so far is they, they're all kind of, like, gross and slimy. And it's nice to have just, like, you know... A peppy young villain walk in here, say, yep, all right, cool, let's do this. Good thing I don't have to nuclear strike the Earth anymore. Yeah, like, yeah, she, she rolls up with, like, 18 in her charisma stat, just, like, ready to brock. Yeah. She doesn't look yeah. like a melted toe. She isn't, uh, you know, a sexually harassing Dracula. It's nice. She she it's isn't. It's breath of fresh yeah, air, really. Yeah, they haven't like completely like washed over her brain with with bad psychic juju to turn her into an eight year old girl or anything. It's nice just to have a good villain for a change. Yeah, what a, just, what a concept. It took us this I long. just I just want to see more women war criminals. I just want to see <laughs> hashtag girl boss Haman Khan. <sighs> and here she is. Here she is. I love and like. You know, it's just all power plays from her. And then basically she's like, ends up saying she's not going to help unless like Shar himself asks her to do it. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I only came here in order to like be a humili- humiliation fetish towards Shar Reasonable and I'm going to indulge this before I leave. <laughs> so she basically makes him take his sunglasses off and bow to her. It's so rad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like she, because what she asks, and I think... Or what it seems like she's asking is she's like, well, get down in your fucking knees, Shar, lick my boots and beg. But bend, bend, you know, bend the knee, baby. Yeah, he ends up doing a kind of more uh, uh, put together, demure version of that, where he just mm-hmm. takes his sunglasses off, boys, and and the line he says, which I have written down here, is, "I beg you, Haman Khan, please destroy the colony laser." Yeah, that's what he says. Um, which I thought, you know, it's very. He's begging specifically for this thing. He's not like, oh, please, please, come on, Khan, help me. He kind of yeah. vaguely manages to d- preserve some of his dignity, but... 
Well, yeah, he's really trying to. I mean, he's enjoying his uh, mommy dom kink right now. Um, so yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, trying yeah. to hold it all together. He doesn't uh, want to be taken out of it. <laughs> yeah, like he's either going to go back to his room after this and cry or crank it. We don't know which. There's no <laughs> probably way to know. both at both. the same time. So yeah, definitely both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it and they're like, yeah, okay, cool. And as she's leaving, she's like, the proof of our might will be forever etched into your minds. Like, ah, it's a pretty cool thing to say. Love yeah. that Christmas sure. card. I yeah. mean, spoiler alert, not really. She doesn't really do anything, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but then they leave, and, you know, everyone's kind of standing around, and Char is just kind of like, if that gets things done, I can live with it, and then just forlornly stares out the window. <laughs> yeah, God, he's, like, so not okay in these episodes. He does quite a lot of forlornly staring out the window in these episodes. Yeah. Char has gone through, like, every Simple Plan album, every, like, Data Remember album over the course of this one episode. Yeah. He's gonna start knocking on Camille's door and be like, hey, can I buy your Smith's albums? <laughs> oh no! Shaw, you've gone too far! Uh, we, we cut over to Eggman. He's here. Um, they're basically like, Ayug's already flying over to Grips, getting ready to do the thing. And I'm he sorry, sees- you hmm? haven't said by far the most important thing in this scene, which is that Basque has a McDaniels Sprite sippy Oh cup. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got that McDaniels Sprite that's mixed different. I don't know so like anything good. else that happens in this scene, but that's what I've got done. I did, I, the problem is I see Basque and I close my eyes and look away until he's gone. I think I the only thing I really guy. Yeah, like the only thing I really got from this scene is just that he's like fuck the AU. I'm gonna go fucking blow up the AU. All my yeah, homies he hates hate them the so much. Because, like, some guy's like, oh, shouldn't we, like, hang back in case this is a trap? And he just, like, punches him in the face and says, no, we're going. Yeah, just decks the dude. <laughs> I think that the mood I get from, like, the sippy cup here is that when you're kind of, like, you know, you're doing something, you're in a conversation with someone, but you're mostly just kind of looking at your phone and not paying attention and just thinking mm-hmm. about your McDaniels order that's on the way, and you're like, yeah, I fucking hate it. You, we're gonna go... Yeah. Fight <laughs> him. Hey, uh, you'll be a distraction. I don't fucking know what he says. But he's like, just a bit like, whatever, we hit them. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, the, the scene isn't really much. It's more just like, you know, yeah. he he's like, ready to, he's like, you know, sort of like horse blinders on right now. Yeah. Um, he can't over... see very well with those tiny little spectacles. <laughs> exactly. <he> <laughs> those like stupid steampunk goggles. Yeah. Uh, we cut over the next thing we see as the Argama is getting ready for battle. Camille goes to Fa and Cats and the kids and he like just like unlocks the brig door for them and he gives them a bunch of normal suits and he's just like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Eh, if you want to go out and escape, who am I to stop you? The door's yeah. simply unlocked. Well, it's it's definitely also because, like, hey, listen, we're going to battle. If things yeah, catch yeah, on yeah, fire, yeah. we don't want you to die in a closet. But also, like, Cats, are you really telling me you're not going to go out and fight? And right, Cats yeah. is like, no, I'm not. Fuck, fuck him on car and fuck this plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says this and Fa is like, mm, I kind of want to fight, though. Yeah, yeah. Fa's like, are you sure about that, though? Yeah. What if we did a bit of fighting? Okay, uh, Cats yeah. yeah. doesn't speak for me. I might want to go out and fight. Who's to yeah. say? But Cat, fuck around yeah. and fight. Cats says that the only way he'll go go out and fight is if Bright, uh, not that if Bright commands him to, but if Bright explicitly gives him permission to, which is a weird way to word that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, also, we do get that final shot of Fa being sad and Mom as uh, Shinta and Kuma yeah, are God. sleeping on her lap. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've had enough me. of this. I, it is just quite cute. Yeah. Um, 
Listen, I see a child on the screen. I'm like, no, yeah. it's my, it's simply my maternal womanly instincts of the woman <laughs> that I definitely am. Well, there's only men and women, you know. Yeah, yeah. there's only, as we know from Gundam, uh, you know, men and women from Gundam. Oh. <laughs> also, they Bright has forgotten that he banned uh, Fa from piloting because <laughs> yeah, Fa- oh my God, she's gone out like three times since yeah. then. It's great. <laughs> So, so, like, okay, going back to our last episode, I don't well, think it was an animation error that follows out. I think Bright just forgot. Yeah. It's Bright's, all on him. Bright's just an idiot. We, we found out that Bright only cares about the rules for the sake of the rules, and we'll just let them fly if, uh, yep. if enough time has passed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, in the next scene, like, everyone that, that isn't fine cats launches, and Char is like, hey, can I launch? And Bright is like, no. Yep. So he's just too busy focusing on telling Char that he can't pilot. Like, he can only do one pilot at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like yeah. a one block well, person yeah. as Sitch. we know there are only men and women and men don't know how to multitask so that's why ah. he, he can only focus on telling one pilot not to launch uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> of course um but but yeah as this is starting also we see bright and Shar on the bridge and bright's like oh, you know reasonably worried that haman karn is gonna betray them and Shar wants to go out and bright's like uh, absolutely not. Not right now. Not you. So you stay here. You put your freaking five point baby harness on. Get in that chair, young man. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we cut over to, you know, Bright is like, oh, well, Haman Khan might betray us, blah, blah, blah. And the next scene is cutting over to Haman Khan, and she's yeah. like, <laughs> Yo, what up, sending Bask? messages. How's it going, homie? To yeah. the fucking Titan HQ, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to meet up. So she's just kind of playing, like, 17 faction chess yeah she's playing both sides that she always comes out on top in the end yeah just like yeah. it's always sunny yeah because she's like oh hey yeah i'll look um you guys seem to be fighting uh the argama let uh i'll i'll support you i'll cover your i'll cover your back like i'll i'll, I'll be okay with it and uh you know starts gently gliding towards grips to and uh bass uh you know uh finds out the alexandria is the closest ship to her and just like is like hey you know Keep an eye on her, and he thinks the, he says that he's he thinks she's trying to sell them a favor. That basically mm-hmm. she's only like they they don't necessarily think that she's about to betray them, but he definitely thinks she's only here so they can like leverage like stuff later for it. There, there is an ulterior an ulterior motive here, and like yeah, I love that the famously reliable ship, the Alexander, is the only one who can keep an eye on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we even I, it might be later on, but I might as well just say it now that like she sort of floats to the other side of Grips too from the Alexandria, yeah. so that they cannot see her, and they don't even do anything to try and see her. They're just like, well, she's probably fine over there. Don't worry about it, buddy. Yeah, like one one technician is like, hey, shouldn't we like move to keep an eye on her? And like the captain and uh, uh, fucking. Uh, uh, Oh God, garbage man, Yazan. The captain and Yazan yeah. are just like, no, we're gonna watch this battle and, and drink our McDaniel sippy cups. Uh, it's fine. Y- y- Yazan needs Yazan needs to finish his McFlurry, otherwise he will not go out and fight. We need to understand <laughs> yeah, like, this. Although it's gonna melt otherwise. Exactly. Like, you know? he, got, he got the mini M and M's in it and everything. It's really yeah. important to him. That's actually he's the hard. only reason he's not sortying right now is because he exactly. just got this. And if, if if he goes out to pilot, it's gonna be melted by the time he gets back. <laughs> but he, but he drinks it too fast and gets a brain freeze. So he has to kind of like sit around for a while. He can't join the fight. <laughs> uh, and then and then we get we cut over to the Guadon and Haman is like, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool if I if we fired on Grips two but only hit the nuclear pulse engine so it was disabled and not destroyed so I can use it for my own artillery purposes later? And her bridge guy's like, uh, hell yeah, that'd be great, miss. Love that. Yeah, Love that for it's, you. It's 
you know, waste not, what not. This is why she makes the big bucks. Uh, exactly. you know. <laughs> this is what we pay her for. Yeah. <laughs> Just executive decisions like this. No waste. Reusing other resources, old resources. This is the exact, exactly stuff. the kind of high-level political plays I would expect from Space Hillary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh, this is why we're with oh. her. Uh, you know, um, not to not to spoil how things eventually play out, but wow, Sirocco and Bill Clinton have a lot in common. <laughs> uh, Can't wait to see who gives Sirocco a blowjob later. Uh, so anyway, Camille's there's fighting. There's like a space fight. And yeah, that's all I've got. There's a lot yeah. of flashing in it, which I thought was cool. It's cool. It's not as good looking as the fight from like last week or the week before. It's still this fine. Yeah. Does seem like one of the lower budget episodes. Um, you know, mm. it's just there's a lot going on on screen. It's a lot of Camille getting getting into fights with multiple suits and like Fa like psychically uh gets the DM that he's frustrated and decides to run out the bridge to help out. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, cuz she comes in and she's like, "Oh, can I pilot?" and Char is like, "Yeah, yeah, can I pilot?" Yeah. And even Torres is like, you know, I can at least, I know how to make it move if you want me to go out. Like, I'll do it. I don't want to, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> yeah, like, Bright just sitting here like, God, I really wish there was someone around who could pilot. And Char is just kind of sitting directly behind him with his eyes glowing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, eventually Bright does let Fog go out. And of all people, Torres is the one who's like, yes, cats, I give you permission to go out. Me, Torres, you know, the guy who runs the ship now. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. like, it's like, uh, at least in the sub, it's basically like Torres, like, calling out cats being like, hey, listen, that means you too, idiot. I was about to go out there and die. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> and they're, yeah. whatever, they're fighting, they save the day, they get the Barzams off of Camille, we love yeah. to see it. Uh, Rick Diaz team is out here blasting people, it's a very good mm-hmm. time. <laughs> I feel like the kind of the, the main, like, tension in this fight is, like, the Guardian is supposed to be in there, is supposed to blow up the 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 big laser and like it keeps delaying and it keeps delaying and like they keep having to fight off more and more people because like the guardian still hasn't done the thing that it's supposed to do and it's all like oh will haman won't haman what's she gonna do is she gonna do the thing yeah and like char kind of is of the idea that it's like she's not gonna betray them but she's purposely delaying so that the AU and titans fight more and more so that like mm-hmm. they lose suits to attrition and they're both become weaker which will make uh haman have an easier time of taking over later <laughs> yeah good, good for her yeah good for her and also she does do the thing she does it yeah eventually for, you got you, you have to hand it to her this once she does yeah. it I mean, not not all of it she doesn't destroy it but she you know she she blows up the nuclear pulse Basque is like what the f- Fuck, dude. Basque is, like, so red, mad, and nude about this, he completely forgets Ayug is there and, like, <laughs> orders everyone to retreat and chase her. And it's just, like, Haman kind of calls him and is like, mm, oops, I'm sorry, we were aiming at the Argama. I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Um, <laughs> my my bad, I'll make it up to you next time, I promise. Yeah, mm, I'll get the McDaniels next time. It's so funny, I was just lining up this shot against the Argama, and there was just... <laughs> exactly right in the way was the nuclear pulse engine of grips too i'm so sorry yeah like and we thought we you know we just give our big very really big space guns a little clean but then they went off while we were cleaning them i'm so sorry about that mr boss i'm just i'm just so clumsy and quirky can't you find it in your heart to forgive little old me ah i'm just a woman in space oops oops my bad i'm woman (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh man. You know. <laughs> well, she I, doesn't say this, but you know, I just no, started no. Uh, rewatching Twin Peaks with uh, uh, my yeah. wife and one of my roommates who hasn't seen it before, and like Haman Karn does have like immense Audrey Horn energy right now, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. She's good at what she does. Yeah. She knows what the fuck is up. Yeah. Um, it's her board, and she's playing both sides yeah. against each other. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Um, Whoever wins, she wins. Yeah. Girl boss. We see more of her hashtag winning when the next scene cuts over. And it's Char once again (laughs) going to the throne room in the Guadon. Who he like, he actually bends the knee and he pledges himself. Yeah. You know, there's a Will baby here. And uh, he like, you know, Beneva asks him to promise to serve her and the the Zabi family. And he agrees to it. It's just like, it's, it's. It's weird, right? Because she asked him to do it, but you can tell she's, like, just saying words that she's been told to say. Because, yeah. like, as he walks away, like, Haman goes to her and, like, leans over and she's like, yeah, this means that AU is now allied with Axis. It, like, she's basically explaining it to Maneva because yeah. Maneva probably was, like, reading off of a script at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, she's she's doing a very good job of being this fake figurehead as a small child and she's cute, but it does suck to see, what, like a six or seven-year-old put in the situation? Eight-year-old? I don't know exactly how old she is right now, but she's very young. Uh, also, Haman does tell her that AU is now her arms and legs and i just yeah. can't not imagine maneva's body with with char's big buff sleeveless arms attached to it <laughs> yeah i mean Why that's how she gets stronger say? right she's like she's still baby but she's like she's gonna be putting a baby bjorn <laughs> oh so this this is i was looking at my notes and it says poison for cusco moment and I was trying to figure out why, and I think it's because as Shar is like walking away, the conversation that Haman and Mineva have, they're like, "Oh, yeah, you with the Zabi, the Zabis are back in power," uh, and Mineva is like, "Yeah, it's all thanks to Shar Asnable," and Mineva is like, "Great, Shar Asnable put the Zabis back in power." Right? Yeah, they just say the like, same oh, thing it's five so great. times. How- this is all thanks to Shar Asnable, and they kind of say it like three times, and yeah. then you just kind of cut to Shar. Just- yeah. Just really, clearly, clearly, really mad on the inside. Yeah, uh, which makes it great when we cut back to the Argama and uh, you know they're they're watching the Gwadon leave, and you know Bright's just like, man, well, really, we're really glad we don't have to fight that one. And Shar uh, is just kind of like, well, whoa, 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 maybe save that one for later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't put He's that like, off. Like, yo, Torres, you writing down the number of guns on this bad boy? Yeah. And then he yeah, just take whisp- that <laughs> Then he has another long, hard look out into space again. <laughs> yeah. God. And, like, the last scene is, like, I think Camille goes to try and find him after this and falls with him. And, like, he's in one of the gravity pods. It's, in, like, yeah. a park bench. He's and, in- like, he's brooding so hard right now. Oh, my yeah. God. He's, like, crying yeah. into his hands in a, in the park room. <laughs> it's, 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 playing, uh, it's playing Untitled by Simple Plan. Yeah. <laughs> He is not having a good time. Yeah, and he's just like fucking like sunglasses off, back to the camera, head in hands, having like a silent cry, and just Emma and Camille or Camille's behind him, like, Ugh, and Emma is like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Do, no, no, do uh-huh. not approach this man. He will bite your finger. <laughs> D and I do not interact. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine. It. I, so, I like to see him on. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. it's it's nice to see Char suffer for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Get his ass. Yeah. Uh, but I believe that takes us to the next episode. Yeah. 
the Gate of Zidane. Hell yes. So, Haman takes uh, the Gwadon to the Gate of Zidane to talk with Jamatov Hyman, uh, with both the Titans and Ayug believing that she has betrayed them. Uh, Katz is still pissed off about uh, Ayug aligning with Zeon and is overworking himself and not eating in the process. Uh, Soroko plans to head to the Gate of Zidane with Rekwa to investigate Havan's motives and sends Sarah to attack the Ar- uh, the Argama as a diversion. She and Camille fight and argue over whether or not it's right to sacrifice yourself for your ideology and eventually come into a hand-to-hand uh, battle inside of an old asteroid base, which leads to Sarah's capture. Haman reveals her plan to assassinate Jamatov the entire time with a nerve gas <laughs> earring, but Jared manages <laughs> to save them as she escapes. Uh, and uh, the Gwadon, Argama, and Radish engage the Titans in battle, and Camille is the only one able to stop uh, Jared's attacks on the Gwadon, and, uh, you know, is only able to do it because Katz reluctantly finally helps him. Uh, yeah, that's the episode. <laughs> What a shame that the only time Jared has done something correctly was, like, saving the life of a fascist. Yeah. <laughs> very, very sad. Very disrespectful. Listen, he's a fail son by nature. He cannot possibly do anything good. That's true. Yeah. Um, this episode starts out with a fun fact, and that fun fact is Haman Karn is a woman totally without shame. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this exchange between Jared and uh, Jamatov because it's, like, Haman yeah. Karn. Yes, a woman totally without shame. How yeah, have she you sucks, survived dude. up until this point? I just strongly believe that I cannot die until I've defeated my enemy. <laughs> I love that so much. He's literally too mad to die. <laughs> This is why he's the best Gundam character. Yeah. Uh, Jared, <laughs> what a what a terrible little boy. I love him. <laughs> he's a goober. We love Jared. Just, it, I think it's just, he's so easy to love because he literally does not have one single redeeming quality. I know. Just, which just well, no, makes I it mean, even better. That's more, that's more Yazan. Jared, Jared has some redeeming qualities, but like. Like? <laughs> he's blonde? Uh, yeah, he's blonde. <laughs> like me, you know, like Max from Gundam. Uh-huh. Anything else? Uh, Hyman gives Jared a cool gun bracelet. Oh, yeah, he does. Is that a redeeming yeah. quality? Um, uh, it is re- now. Redeeming quality, like he is one of the few people in Gundam to say that he is an idiot that doesn't know anything and needs to learn from other Yeah, people. he's self-aware. <laughs> yeah. His redeeming, is, quality, his redeeming quality is that he likes mommy GFs. Okay, yeah, fair. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you that one. Give you that one. I mean, look, his redeeming quality, he gets, like, the, all of the cool robots. That's it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we, we can't stop giving the cool robots to this boy. <laughs> Hella true. Um, but yeah, I didn't know what this was at first, right? Because Haman, or Haman, uh, Hyman gives Jared, it's like a bracelet with like these two sort of canisters on it. Yeah. And it's we learn later, it's like a gun that's, like, concealed within a bracelet. Yeah. But, I, mean, but like, I thought it was, like, a good luck charm at first. It's Assassin's Creed gun, basically. It's uh, Assassin's, yeah. It's the <laughs> wrist-mounted, it's, it's the hidden gun. <laughs> Just the way in the scene, you know, because, like, Kaiman hands it to him, he's like, yeah, yeah, use this in case Haman has any tri-. And it just kind of seems like it's this super powerful, definitely gonna fuck every- everyone up when it's used. And then we do see it's later, just, it's just it just, doesn't do shit. Yeah, it's, it's just a fucking Haman beats gun. it with one earring. <laughs> yeah. Good. good. Like me. <laughs> Pocket sand. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we... We cut over to the bridge on the Argama, and, like, Katz is putting in the overtime work, reminding people that he's a competent character in this show. <laughs> yeah. It's more yeah, it's no, more for the says, audience's benefit than the crew's he benefit. Says, yeah. He says the line of, I've got to help out. 
Otherwise, people will just forget about me. <laughs> I already have cats. Don't you worry, like, my I, friends. I, don't worry, cats. Yes, I did. Yeah, the writers <laughs> could have fixed that by having cats appear in any episode in the past 15 episodes. I, I love... That's what's so great about it. It's like the writers foisting the responsibility of remembering cats onto the character and not the actual writers. Yeah. They're like, oh, we, you know, we sh- we didn't give him any speaking lines, but we had one single cut in for half a second to let you know yeah. he was in a mobile suit a couple episodes ago. It's your fault you forgot about him. Don't put baby in a corner. Because, like, in text, he was over on the, the radish, yeah. right? The whole time. Yep. And that's why he wasn't here? Yeah. Like, that's the excuse in the show? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, never mind that they just Whatever. kind of couldn't be bothered having him here and just didn't really want to animate him. I was so bored but, I yawned thinking about Cats. Cats is doing the incredibly important work of keeping uh, Henkin away from Emma for the past Yeah, arc. oh yeah, that, that's the only reason why he's over there. Yeah, we salute your sacrifice, Cats. Oh, thank you, Cats. Um, and he goes to the bridge and he's just like still really fucking mad at everyone for helping Haman, helping the zombies. Listen, Just like, what's the tantrum. point of having Gundam if you don't have, like, a 14-year-old child screaming at some grown-ups about how what they're doing is wrong, and, like, he is technically right, but they're gonna do it anyway, and it doesn't really matter what he says, and they're just gonna do whatever. That's yeah. anime. He he does throw a, a clipboard to the ground and yell, I'm tired of listening to your damn adult excuses, which, mood. <laughs> Me too, buddy. I love when he throws the clipboard, because it points us straight up, like the DVD screensaver. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a little gravity environment. It's good. It's cute. Yeah, I like it when they remind us that we're in space. Because sometimes I do genuinely, it just kind of slips my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, no gravity. Yeah. Ah, cool. Look at that. Wow, cool space. Wow. Cool. Um, so we cut over to the Jupitris. Rekua is leaving Pacmus's office. And Sarah sort of comes in and notices that. And it's like, uh, this whole sort of drama between Pacmus and Rekua and Sarah is like, really sucks when you remember Sarah's 15. To be honest, I just kind of don't pay attention to it. You're better off for it. Like, any time t- Pop to Mrs. on screen, I just kind of turn my brain down, and I'm like, oh, they're just talking about things. They're, they're, they're certainly saying shit, aren't they? It's a, it's a, it's a coping mechanism, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, they're they're watching the Godon sort of, like, enter the Titan airspace, and they're all, like, very, very distrustful of Hamon, so they're like, you know... Paptimus basically is tells Sarah, he's like, okay, Reko and I are going to check this out. You got to stay back and watch the Argama. And, like, Sarah does not like this at all. Mm. She's just like, oh, I want to be with you, Paptimus. Oh, I'm a woman. I'm mad. Yeah. yeah. But then she, we do see a cool robot, so that's kind of what I focused on. She does get a new big boy. Uh, <laughs> this motherfucker is called the Bolonoic Saman. It has a light like, up yeah. brain. It has a yeah. disco head. <laughs> Disco baby. They, they put one of those like party city like twenty dollar disco light spinners inside it, and that like upped the machine horsepower by quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. That's you know disco ball. That's like worth three girl power at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like because Sarah has been charged with like being a diversion. Um, which is why she's like supposed to get in this robot and go I don't know cause botheration off somewhere. <laughs> um, but when when she's doing it, I can't remember exactly what she says, but I just got down because it struck me that like she is very aware of how emotionally manipulative Paptimus is to uh, to her, and like she is very aware of it, but still goes and does the thing that he's manipulating her to do anyway. Hmm. Um. Which I just thought was interesting, considering just kind of like her whole arc 
and everyone like cats having a crush on her and having been like oh but it's you're you're only doing this because of Paptimus and she's like yeah I know because I fucking I think Paptimus rules and I don't know whether it's like because she just knows that she is kind of being brainwashed and is just like I'll accept this because it's a comfortable state of being I don't know <laughs> it's not good I should maybe I shouldn't have turned my Sarah I'm thinking brain on um I think we'll get more into this at the end of the next episode yeah. Um, uh, but like generally like this is this is them I think this this whole plot line is them really underlining like in a lot of ways the fact that the Titans are a fascist group you know mm-hmm. uh, this devotion to a patriarchal figure who are you are following because you view their their ideology as good and will will go to the ends of earth to them is like a big cornerstone of what makes what like typifies and makes fascism work like that's mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to it is like you know uh she is uh i i know we don't really have a good idea of what uh Sirocco's actual ideologies are other than that he's going to do something that is going to change the existence of humanity and put a woman in charge I guess and that's about all that we know but for some reason mm-hmm. like Sarah has become really attached to making sure that his plans come to fruition uh and is like personally devoted to him and uh we're you know we're going to find out more reasons why that's really fucked up over this in the next episode <laughs> You you can almost view it as an allegory for like hero worship liberalism. Yeah. Mm, mm. Well, what about the episodes after that, Colin? You know, we haven't watched them yet, so. (laughs) I think after that, it's just going to be Wow Cool Robot. Yeah, I think it's just Wow Cool Robot for the next five after this. Uh, Yeah, once we see the Ghibli deploy its Pope shoulder armor, then that's all we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's dog shit. Bad show. Um, Anyway. I don't know. I I would I would say that they are per, like this is uh, whew, we're going to get into it with the third episode. But I mm-hmm. I will say it it does absolutely feel like they're setting this up as this is a bad thing. You should not feel this way. That like what Sarah is doing is bad. So I don't exactly mm-hmm. want to say it's a garbage show for doing it. But uh, it sucks for a lot of reasons. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean it's the problem of the show saying like you know. It's the problem of using the lens of war to show you why war is bad. It's like you can't mm-hmm. say like you're not able to talk about why it's bad without showing it happening in the first place, which yeah. is like, you know, that that's like a trapping of like literally any sort of storytelling. So it's not like a fault of Gundam, but it's still just like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're still just kind of like you still have to see it. Th- you know, like fucking Tomino Models of Gundam comes up and rolls down the screen and th- there's some people who are going to be like, oh, wow, cool emotional abuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hate to see it. Um, you know what I love to see hmm. is Haman playing three-way chess against she's, herself. <laughs> she's good at this. She's like, like she's like, yeah, we're gonna, we gotta contact the Argama soon. We gotta let them know what the dealio yeah. is. Yeah. Well, she specifically says, make sure you time contacting the Ar- Argama correctly. Right, right, right. <laughs> she she has this all like scheduled. She has this all yeah. in her calendar app. Yeah. Um, and then and then we cut over to the Argama, and Camille is like talking to Bright. About sending cats out to battle. Um, I don't even remember what they say, but he's just like, cats is good. Remember cats? Yeah. He's doing work. We should send him out to fight. Yeah. 
Oh, well, I guess Camille is talking about how he thinks they should give cats more responsibilities so that he'll chill the fuck out, Mm. which Mm. I think is Camille saying, like, if we get if we get cats more invested in the system in the way that you got me invested in the system, he'll stop objecting. (laughs) If we brainwash him, it'll work out fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you make him an assistant manager, he'll stop questioning the real manager. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Remember what you did to me? Just do that to cats. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay because it's already been done to me. I can't object anymore. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they, they they get notified incoming suits, and Camille is like getting new type waves from. Yeah, someone. he has like a uh. kind of a bigger new type moment than he's had before, which I made a note of. Don't know what it was though. Yeah, I don't know who. It co- oh, wait, it was Sarah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Sarah's <laughs> coming in. Uh, Sarah's yeah, entered the he chat. Like... He knows he's got Discord open. Uh, mm-hmm. He has notifications on specifically for Sarah. He's got push notifications on for Sarah. <laughs> no, what it, what it was? It's like you get the call, like the the noise when someone enters the call, and like he's like, oh, someone's here. He didn't check it until like a couple minutes later when he like actually tabs over. He's like, oh, wait, it was Sarah. She's been here the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi. They fight. Oh, hi, Sarah. Uh, love your new robot. They fight. The <laughs> ball and salmon has like a cool claw arm. I want to say about the. Ball smack, semolina, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, those were the first three words that came to mind. No, you got it in one. Um, but I may say, I may have said ball smack, but kind of Yannick with it is this robot. Let me just. Uh... Its design is kind of like you know when you you type out brackets left and bracket right two parentheses as y'all would say and you're like oh that kind of looks like it kind of looks like a fucking vulva oh edgy this is what this robot looks like i'm oh you mean okay okay I, all right i wasn't seeing it i look at just the head the head looks kind of uterine in shape yeah it's it's as like robots go i mean we've talked about how a lot of them have like unnecessarily phallic protrusions and i think this is as robots go the only two things a robot can be as rekawa says is phallic and yonic there yeah, are this, no this pharonic is, robots this is a real a real woman's robot yeah yeah well i think we should also consider that uh similarly um uh the the Bjarland is is pretty much the same wedge of cheese shape too like I don't think mm. the Bjarland's very very phallic either when it when you get down to it. Yeah, I mean, mm, the B, I I can't really think about the Bjarland. So I look at the small hands and I just sort of like space out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just see the tiny hands and that's all. I just see the Trump. I just see the Trump hands and I forget what I was thinking about. <laughs> it's cool though. It's a nice nice pleasing shade of green. I like it. Um, yeah, like they're. They're they're fighting. We do, this isn't even anything, but I just love that like the lines here, are like "Stop it, Sarah," and she says, "Shut up." Just a little <laughs> yeah. argument they're having, yeah. <laughs> like siblings fighting. And yeah, he's like trying to convince her that Pappas is only using her, like, and it's, it it doesn't take. He cuts her arm off, and she flies off. Yeah, we do see the um, PX three asteroid, um, which they will they will go on to later on. Um. Because I was like, why is this asteroid numbered? Oh, that's like, that's why, because they're going there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, the, and we cut back to the Argama and Bright. Bright is like, let's deploy cats when kind of Fa and Char are right there. But not, it's Katz's turn to go and be deployed in the Methus, I believe. Yeah, because he was on standby, like ready to go in case something happened. Also, Char's house trained now. Just. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to learn how to use his letterbox. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, 
Uh, yeah, Camille does chase Sarah into the old asteroid base, though, uh, and, uh, you know, tricks her, to, you know, does does the whole, I'm going to take my spacesuit off and rig it up with Vernier and have that fly down a hallway to trick her so he can grab her. <laughs> I love this little trick. Like, he Camille's does, trick. It's a fun trick. Um, it's good. And, like, because he, again, like, he notes that, like, oh, there, there's an airlock. There must be air in here. And I'm like, why is he talking about that? Ah, because he's about to take his oh, yeah. Schrodinger's air. <laughs> um, and I like, I like, because they're kind of, you know, they're LARPing as Amaro and Char at the end of Double Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is what, but then just, like, they're way cleverer than either of those guys were. <laughs> yeah. And, like... And, and he, he ends up grabbing her and, like, you know, it's, like, the whole conversation all over again. It's, like, you know, Pap- she, she basically is, like, he, she admits that she knows that he's using Rekwood to sort of motivate her. Yeah. But, like, no matter what, she's still going to be on Papamis's side. And, like, Camille is about to cry thinking about, like, her dying for this creep-ass Dracula man. It's, like, a, it's a good scene almost, yeah. I think. Like, it's... uh the the particular exchange is uh but you'll be used and killed uh if it's for a man's ideal i'd be glad to die if you die that ends everything <gasps> yeah so it's like i i think the the thing is is like uh it's oh, we're starting to see kind of it's it's kind of ironic because like if you like sat Camille down and said would you die to like save the earth sphere from being taken over by fascists he'd probably say yes uh, and it, mm-hmm. I, I think this is starting a, a greater conversation for, like, the rest of the show about, like, what what the limit of sacrifice is, what the cost of war is, and, like, where you're going to draw the line as to, like, how much you're going to sacrifice. And, like, the, the fact that the, the person who says, yes, I absolutely will die no matter what to, like, accomplish these goals is doing it for a gross Dracula man, I think is setting us up to believe that maybe sacrificing yourself for your ideology is not good, in fact, <laughs> no matter how, like, what that ideology is yeah i haven't been fully convinced on that but i'll i'll continue thinking about it and let you know what conclusion i arrive at and i just i think this scene just kind of seeing camille confronting the sort of concept of death um like this and just how affected he is that and just kind of it shows that he's fucking sits up at night thinking about like all the like girls that have died for and in close proximity to him um because the show just kind of keeps doing it um or Mm -hmm. trying to do it and just how that affects him and Mm -hmm. kind of seeing that was oh boy oh boy yeah i'm thinking it might be i think i'm eh, i'm thinking it might be empathy yeah yeah and it just kind of got me wondering like is camille gonna survive zeta gundam um I have my theories. <laughs> Tune in to find out. Um, yeah. Um, I think it's also important to like keep in mind the backdrop of everything going on with Haman right now, and this kind of like speaks more to why Camille's probably immediately like okay with helping Haman. Uh, because like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you could say, all right, we're gonna take on Haman and the Titans at the same time, but that's like that's a the, the people a lot of people are gonna die in that, and so it kind of. If where Camille is right now is that, like, dying to accomplish the goal isn't worth it, like, you you need to be around at the end for it to be worth it, it kind of explains mm-hmm. why he would be more readily available to, like, side with the zombies who aren't quite as bad as the Titans to get rid of the Titans. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's doing it so that the girl reading this survives. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, he just eventually, like, just grabs her and, like, loads her up into Zeta and they fly off, I yeah. think. 
I love the like the shot of them like a few shots later and just like he's piloting the Zeta and Sarah's just kind of there. She's in the cockpit, just like sort yeah. of like hunched up in a ball. It's cute. Yeah. With yeah. their like wrists and like ankles tied up and tethered to the chair or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So then we cut to um, more Haman time, as it turns out. It's yeah. great. She's finally arrived at the Gate of Zidane. Yeah, the, the, I just want to kind of briefly comment on the sort of interior design of the Gate of Zidane. Which Tacky is like, as shit. It, like, it's kind of like the, the tackiness of the Guadin and, like, you know, Mineva's huge as shit throne room. Oh, but man. like It's almost like they were made by the exact same people. Yeah, <laughs> but there's, there's like, a, 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 all the furniture is, like, very, like, kind of mid-century modern-ish. Yeah. So, and that they, like, contrast each other Sorry, you mean, quite you mean from the Middle Ages? <laughs> yeah, 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 from, from the Middle Ages. Middle Ages century modern. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause you know that he's got this kind of like, really like, I was gonna say spacey chair, I guess all the chairs we see are spacey chairs cause they're in space. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a like spacey chair on like a sort of like fancy, like dais pedestal yeah. with stairs leading up to it. It, it does yeah. feel like yeah. that, like Apple moved into the Louvre or into like oh my uh, God, Versailles or uh, something. Like that's the kind of feel that it gives me. Okay. Well, I'm going <laughs> to, so, I'm going to continue talking about this thing cause I'm going to get really mad if I continue thinking about what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> What's up Sarah? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, kind of like evil corporation takes over evil monarchy, which I guess is precisely what's happened here. Yeah. I palace, fuck you. <laughs> Ugh, fuck you, I I'm palace. deleting that message in shot. <laughs> Ugh. Evil, evil. Um, speaking of evil, Hamas not, um, the other guys are. But she's, she's like, girl boss. oh, no, no, she's, she's girl bossing it. Hamas is also evil. Let's not, let's not get confused that. Uh. <laughs> What? She says that if if she doesn't get her way, she's going to ram axe into the gate of Zidane, do a cool crime, and kill everyone. If if okay, I don't, okay, I'm raising yeah. my hand. I've got a question for you guys. Yeah, what's up? Did you remember at this stage that Axis was a whole asteroid? Yes, I did. Okay, great. You, well, you didn't. You didn't. No, Sarah. I didn't. I, I okay, thought she was just okay. talking about the Guardian, and I was like, wow. Well, the Guardian must be pretty powerful to be able to. To threaten, wow. Yeah, she's, put, a... she's put a couple of, like, Half-Life explosive red barrels inside it. Yeah. It's like, real good. It's like Gmod. Um, and she basically, like, is talking to Hyman about, like, you know, what are you going to give me as proof of your will to acknowledge the zombies? And basically, you know, she's, he says shit and she's like, fuck you. I want your whole life in exchange. Yeah. This, this one earring contains enough cyanide gas to poison the entire room. <laughs> Space technology, baby. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's, listen, killer fashion. Yeah. Killer fashion. She's a killer queen. Uh, and then this yeah. is when Jared uses arm gun. <laughs> uses his generous here. Yeah. He activates arm gun pointing like 90 degrees away from Haman, yeah. basically. Listen, he's never fired an arm gun before. He doesn't know how to aim it properly. Uh, but yeah, then like the, you know, the the whole kind of like ship shakes. Uh, Haman gets rescued by one of her soldiers and she kind of like throws the earring down as a gas grenade as she like runs away. But Jared mm. and Hyman uh, kind of close some safety doors around the throne, which is wild. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, they've got like a, the throne is inside a special uh, it elevator. Goes in a yeah, it's like a, like a elevator tube door. Um, she's like, well, that that is the last straw. I will ram access into Zidane. Goodbye, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I think in this scene, I've noted, I'm like, oh, Jared's doing pretty well in the Titans. He's literally stood at the right hand of Hymum. I don't know why, because he's not doing a very good job. Well, he, he's, yeah, like, they know he can't die. Like all white men, he's failed upwards. 
He exactly. really has failed upwards. He's the Eric Trump of space. Yeah. Um, you ever think about how none of this would have happened if Jared hadn't been rude to Camille in the first episode? <laughs> God. Yeah. This all happened because he misgendered a boy. <laughs> that's that's the lesson here, folks. Yeah. Don't misgender people. Don't misgender we'll start people. Wars. Uh, um, but yeah, she escapes. And she she singles the Argama to help. Yeah. Uh, Katz refuses to launch to fight for Zeon. Um, of course he does. Uh, but yeah. just in time, Camille like uh, kind of like comes back in radio range, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, so, like gets his orders to go support the Guadon. And uh, Sarah says something through the radio, which now Katz knows that his girlfriend is out in space, so he has to launch to help her. Uh, so he finally agrees to launch. God. The <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think uh. like. Bright in the bridge is like, who is that over Camille's radio? Meanwhile, Katz is like, already launched. Katz is like, oh, I don't want to do war, but I will do war if it's for one of the two genders, which is a girl. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you gotta hand it to him, folks. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, protect 14 year old boy who respect 14, 15 year old girl and leave you left. Very. <laughs> yeah. uh, meanwhile, Haman is more worried about Jupiter's coming in than the actual Titan forces at their stronghold in the middle of space. So uh, that's wild. I, uh, I, I will say I love the sort of uh, not characterization, but like they do such a good job playing up Haptimus as like this like impossibly powerful new type that like even like space Hillary's afraid of. Yeah. And the the fact that like you know acknowledging him is kind of like he's the one really building the like the and the Jupiters are the faction building the super powerful suits that aren't the the Psycho Gundam like you know he's the one rolling out the new forces and that kind of shit and that's what she's more worried about I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it, militarization, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like at the moment, Haman is has kind of like set up. Um the titans and Aeug in a fight and she's like great all according to Kekaku which I think uh-huh. she does say somewhere else in the episode um, <laughs> she literally says it's all, it's all going to according to her plans I can't remember but like so she's sitting back but then like uh, Paptimus isn't like currently on either of those sides like he's not involved so he's kind of like a loose end that could come in um, yeah, he, he he represents Neo Transylvania. Yeah, he- yeah, because and like I had forgotten and just kind of remembered abruptly in this episode at some point that like he did like literally swear fealty to her like five episodes oh, yeah. ago. Like he did do that. I forgot about that. It's yeah, it's kind of easy to miss how much of a wild card he is because like yeah, he swore a blood oath to the Titans and also he swore an oath to uh, uh to Haman and also like. He's a wild space new type from Jupiter. Like, just, there's a lot going on with him that, uh, yeah. he's a mysterious space Dracula. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. He swore blood oaths, and he doesn't need to honor that because he's a vampire. He doesn't have any blood anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so he's able to. It's like it's like the equivalent of, like, having your fingers crossed behind your back to do a handshake. Uh, he, you, because he's a Dracula, he used somebody else's blood that he drank earlier. So exactly, it's not actually yeah. his blood. It's, it's not yeah. his problem. <laughs> Tactical <laughs> genius. Yeah. But, yeah, A shows up. Camille and Jared fight. It's it's you know you know it's the usual shit. Yeah. It's just like immediately they like hone in on their vibes and they're just like, oh, I'm gonna kick this guy's ass for sure this time. Also, really well, Haman senses Jared uh, with new type force or whatever, which is uh, wild to think that maybe yeah, J- Jared, Jared is, is getting new, Jared is becoming more new type yeah. with every episode. It's great. Uh, Jared's got some soup in there. Uh, like <laughs> I think he just like broadcasts. A failure of a man energy, and like, what else would Haman be more sensitive to than oh, 
here's some dirt that I could crush beneath my foot. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 Jared's new type powers is not soup. It's like hot dog water, yeah. but, but you can still sense it. <laughs> yeah, I do want to give a brief shout out to the cool thing trick that Haman does where she like launches a bunch of asteroids and they turn into like a cool s- spider web thing that like catches a Hyzak and electrocutes it. And just yeah. like Shiraka was watching this being like, mm, very sexy. I'm gonna write that. I write that down. Yeah, I'm gonna do it later. This is cool. Um, also, Sarah gets you know Jared and Camille have a little bit of a fight, but then Sarah like senses uh, the Jupiterus and like Sirocco's bad juice out in space, like real hard. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's not good. Uh, like Jared takes out one of the Guadon's fuel pods, and then Sarah throws herself on the Zeta's controls so that like fucking Camille can't take him out in the process. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I love that just, like, because I don't think this gets sort of addressed enough in Gundam that, like, the robots have, like, a boy child inside them piloting. And if that boy child happens to have, like, a girl child just kind of latched, latched onto him, he can't move and therefore can't pilot. I'm like, ah. Oh, yeah. Ah. Ah. Forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, Ferrata has, like, just buttons and levers. Yeah. yeah. We do get a lot of great, like, shots of Camille working, like, the foot pedals. To, like, yeah, help, like, I like the that. tension in the fights. Like, it's good. It, it, it's, like, I really, I appreciate that we see that. Because, like, you know, you look at shows like Ava, and they, like, just sort of, like, ambiguously control the units, like, in that. And, like, it's a similar setup, but it's a lot less, like, it's a lot more, like, yeah, they just do sort of vague movements and it works. And, like, you see G Gundam, where it's literally just yeah. mimics what the exact one-to-one movements they do inside the cockpit. So it's refreshing to see, like, early on, is literally just like, yeah, it's like driving a car, basically. This is, mm-hmm. oh, man. Like, not to talk about a Gundam show that we're not watching, but this is, like, a big reason that I really love Gundam 0083 is because it does... Uh, it's probably the best at really giving you a physical feeling of the pilot being mm. in a pilot seat operating the Gundam and, like, dealing with, like, G-forces and, like, the the disconnect between, like, your body and the Gundam's body in a really, yeah. really nice It's all just way. heavy machinery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's good that... Because that when we start getting into stuff like the Psycho Gundam and, like, oh, here are robots that you're piloting with your mind, that's on top of the already established thing of like no these are robots that you drive like a fucking car with pedals and buttons and levers and shit yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. just good to start there yeah yeah uh but yeah cats eventually rolls up on the fighting with jared and camille and like he he breaks them apart so jared's like able to retreat and the fighting kind of stops and like it's at some point sarah's yelling to cats like don't fight for them you know like destroy the guadon stop helping him on she's an asshole um, uh, but then Katz goes like full point break and just starts like fucking shooting at Jared until he leaves. And he, yeah. he really is just Camille again. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh... you gotta have you gotta have one. Once you get get rid of your last Camille, time to get a new one. You, you know. You know, we were complaining about how tired we were of seeing the psychic new type girl like plot repeated over and over again, and so they decided to give us some nice refreshing juice of the psychic new type boy instead. <laughs> it's complete, completely different, brand new. You've never seen it before. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and then they have their sort of like nice little reunion, Caps and Sarah do as she's getting walked up in the I don't know if it's nice book. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's nice for you. Oh, Cats is stronger now. He's better. Yeah. Like Cats literally is like, ah, oh, Sarah, when you betrayed me, you uh, progressed my character arc and I'm me- slightly meaner now. <laughs> I don't trust like that. God. I hate these kids. I mean, I don't. I, I, I hate them, but I don't hate them. I just hate that it's happening again. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's it's happening again, but it's happening without really much of a twist to make it differentiated from the other times it's been happening again. It is Yeah, it doesn't feel like we've gotten anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I give it some time. We're only one episode into it happening again. Uh, That's true. I'm, sh- I'm sure things will get... Let it happen again some more. Yeah. Let it, let it happen again we, some more. We only have what? Five episodes left after this? Uh, we only have five episodes left of this show. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, six can count the one we're about to talk about. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, big we do of, We true. do get the good line of killing can't be the best solution, can it? Everyone looks at the camera like Jim Office. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because like an outside uh, the room, like Camila's there, and he, we, we hear him like I think fucking Emma or someone is like, why didn't you just like why is why did you capture her? And Camila's like, oh, I just I can't take lives in cold blood. <laughs> yeah, you can, dude. You've done it. <laughs> I just come on, Camille, admit that it's simply because she's girl. It's simply because she's girl. I've definitely like, seen you take a life in cold blood. Yeah, you literally yeah. killed her two Isaac wingmen, no problem, like, earlier in this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, th- That's it. Yeah, like, Wait. we see Axis approaching. Yeah, she's she, Sarah's, like, thinking about what Camilla said to her about Papyrus and all that, and, like, this episode, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Last one? Last episode is coming from the heavens. Uh, hang on, let me find my... Uh, F- physical notes could not be me. <laughs> Just... ASMR. Oh, my notes are pretty short for this one. So, in episode 45, coming from the heavens, episode 45 of Zeta Gundam, Axis and the Gate of Zed, and both are of which are very big space rocks, in case you had forgotten, they are about to collide. There's a big battle surrounding this, where Ayugra trying to stop people from evacuating from the Gate of Zedan. It's basically all space battle. Gender is discussed. A beloved character dies. That's that's the episode. <laughs> God, yeah. gender disgust. More like more like gender disgust. I was about to say same <laughs> same brain. Um. <sighs> yeah, fucking starts out. We're still as the gate is the dawn. Baskin and Hyman are like mobilizing units to fight Axis, yeah. and like they're they're also getting ready to vacate it because like Axis is almost certainly going to end up hitting this big old rock yeah um <laughs> that kind of is doubled down when they they get a report of a bunch of like light signatures from axis and so they're they're like 90 percent sure that haman has also evacuated axis too so these two big hunks of rock are just gonna fly into each other <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like flint and steel the we cut to like a meeting of like bright is briefing everyone he's like great like we gotta we gotta stop uh, Zedan from evacuating so that the most amount of people will die in this collision. Hooray. Yeah. We love it. Uh, um, Camille shows up late, and uh, when Fa kind of needles him about it, he's, it's because he was looking for cats and he couldn't find him. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this meeting, um, do you guys in the sub have the kind of the, the whack-a-mole subplot? Yes, I love it. It's really <laughs> funny. Because, like, what they basically say is, you know, we have to find wherever they're trying to leave ships from and knock them back in. And, and Apple is like, oh, it's just like a game of whack-a-mole. <laughs> it's and, cute. Yeah. And it's not and then the only time like, they say it. I love that game. From the Middle Ages. Yeah. Yeah. The Middle Ages game whack-a-mole. <laughs> Whack of mole. Yeah. Um, That's all I got for that. Yeah. 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 We cut over to the Jupitris. Papamus is ordering Rekawa to go out and secure Sarah, bring her back. And she is going to be mobilizing in the Palace Athen. Holy shit. Another banger of a suit. Yeah. Okay, because it is the Palace Athena in the dub. Which so kind of... it's spelled 
it's palace a-t-h-e-n-e but like they specifically call it the palace athen uh, in in the sub uh the way i've weird. always hear uh, heard it pronounced is the palace athene I, I i read it as that until i heard it said out loud okay I mean, I, I, I've honestly, I'll probably start reading it as Palace Athene because I'll forget that, that they said Palace Athen. That in the show, also but like, might just be a, a like, it might be, it might be the Palace Athen because of the way that they like, like, uh, the opposite of uh, romanified it. The way that they they mm, they, just, okay. they like wrote it in Japanese for the script might have right, like okay, left that sure. last uh, bit off and just kept the e on there because. I don't know, space French or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of assuming that either way they are referencing the goddess Athena. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Athena from Hades game. Yeah. Yeah. And her her body is a palace. Her body is a temple. Uh, and also God, this a suit is suit. so cool. <laughs> it's green. It has like a cool orange stripe. It has cool like sort of green or yellow like ribbing. Uh, it has like this really sick like dark blue, like really dark navy uh, chest and torso. It looks like Piccolo or Cell or something. I love it so much. It's just, I don't know why, because all the robots are full of bits. They're like all, you know, we're getting greebly as fuck. Yeah. This is the most greebly bits. <laughs> yeah. This just has the most things shoved onto it, and somehow it doesn't look awful. Which therefore it means it looks amazing. Yeah, and, and this is also, um, within fiction, one of Papmus's robots. Like, this is designation PMX001. PMX meaning the suits made by Paptimus. Ew. Two of the other... Did you say, say ew? <laughs> yeah. I don't the like other, to think about Paptimus ever. The other ones being the PMX-000 Masala. This is this is number one. PMX-002 Balanoak Saman and uh, redacted in the future, which I'm going to nut over, yeah. but we'll get there. Um, it does... It's cool. It reminds me a lot of both the, the Hamrabi and the, the Gabfilet. Like, you kind of, like, yes. mash those two suits up into one suit. It it has the sort of, like, upwards curvy bits of the Hamrabi in the back. Yeah. Um, it has the sort of, like, bug-like... Um, uh, what's the word? Proportions as the Gabfilet. Yeah. It's just a, a cool-looking suit. Yeah, I like and it. also I, it is I green. It. green. It's green. G for green, G for girls. G for Gundam. G for Gundam. G Gundam actually means girl Gundam. I'm assuming all the characters in that are girls. I don't or have horses. enough information to prove you otherwise. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're either a girl genders. or a horse in, in the future. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's like, yeah, she goes out in it. I like to see it. I'm very happy. Wonderful. Yeah, it's sort stuff. of like there's a moment where she's just kind of like staring at him because it kind of doesn't seem like she doesn't want to do that either because it's like she doesn't want to go to the Orgavo or she doesn't want to rescue another girl that Poptimus likes because I'm brainwashed by Poptimus. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I feel like we have, we have an plausible deniability to fully assume it's the former. Yeah. Yeah. As, well, as you know, say Areko is a mature woman, so uh-huh. so it's only the former. She wouldn't have any problem helping a man with another woman, you see, because she's uh-huh. grown past it. Yeah, she's never had problem with man being shit. God, to her. I can't wait for us to like start losing our minds later in this episode. Oh, oh let's yeah. just fucking get to it. Let's what get happens? to it. Um, yeah, we go back to the Argama. Um, Katz is playing Among Us. He's in surveillance, checking on everyone. Yeah, well, he's no, he's not in surveillance, check on everyone. He's in surveillance, checking on uh, Sarah. He is just watching yeah, his girlfriend through a security camera. It's just very creepy. <laughs> It's even creepier because she's just like huddled on the bed, and there's this very sparse, Spartan kind of shot of her just from above, just like on the bed mm-hmm. in the room, nothing else, just kind of huddled there, and you're like, oof, oof, ah, ee. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then uh, even more oof, oof, ah, ee, because like Camille comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, Camille actually um, <clears throat> corrects cats. Oh, God. Which. 
I don't think we've seen him do this before, have we? It, he it's, almost it, did before, but consciously chose not to, and it sucks that now that he's doing it. <laughs> it it's an effective sort of signifier of, yeah, Camille, like you said, Colin, he's fully drank the Kool-Aid at this point. Yeah. He knows if you correct someone, they're going to fight better, of course, because it happened to him, it'll happen to you too. Yeah. And he does show some concern that, like, if Katz can't get his head, uh, like, out of thinking about Sarah, then he's just going to fucking die and eat it on the battlefield. But at the same time, mm. it's like, there are, there are better ways that you can do this other than hitting somebody. <laughs> yeah, this is maybe not the best way to go about this, Chief. Yeah, it's just, and you know, again, Katz kind of behaves like Camille was doing in the first half of the show, where he's like, don't worry, I'll fight. I'm still a pilot after all. Mm. And like, stro- stroops off. And it's just, you know, the the turns table. He's having feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everyone then proceeds to launch, even Char. Char oh, yeah. finally gets to go out and play. They let him have his walkie. Um, yeah, hopefully yeah, they're doing, like, there's just, like, 20 fucking minutes of battle, at which point, uh, somewhere in the next 10 minutes, Hopley does say the words, let's start whacking moles. Yeah, it's good. Um, it, it's important important to note. Um, so, yeah, like, Baskin Hyman, I think they get in the good to go gear and they're ready to, like, take off and leave through that. Yeah. Like, all the Titans are leaving. Um, Basque mentions that Rosamia and Gates, the cyber new types, want to sortie and fight. So I was right. Gates is a cyber you new You are type. correct, yes. Uh, but, you know, because he's boy, that means he's not emotional. Oh, yeah, of <laughs> course. No, yeah, he's not going to have an arc. He's just there. Yeah, yeah boy, but... boy emotion? No. No, 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 no. Those Venn diagrams are two separate circles. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as is happening, Haman's getting ready, too. And she's like, she, we sort of hear that her Gaza seas have taken over grips uh, probably not good that she owns that now. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if that'll come to fruition later um, on. It's a cool toy, and she gets to have it. Yeah, and she's mostly just waiting to see who's going to win between the Titans and the Ayug. And also, we get a weird mm-hmm. Maneva violin montage, <laughs> which is not animated. It's yeah. like it goes it goes Evangelion slideshow on you, and it's like these lovingly painted like paintings of Maneva Zabi playing the violin, and you hear the music, but you don't like see her do it, which is yeah. it's a very strange choice. It's, it's painted like the way that they do like the end of show eye catches sometimes, which makes me think like yeah. maybe they planned on this being the end of an episode and just it didn't work out that way. Yeah, I, I mean, mean to that me, would be a weird way to end it. It just seems like you know, very fucking like Nero violin Rome burn kind of stuff. Um, like, oh look how protected little girl she's simply playing the violin while two very large asteroids crash and destroy death all around her blah 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 and it just kind of seems like they put it in they're like oh we'll, we'll animate this later and then just kind of run out of money mm-hmm. well that's yeah it's like that's the thing yeah, is whatever. like when they do those like hand-painted scenes those are usually as expensive as like animation honestly and that's usually like the the like animation director is the or like the the head of the unit is the one who is doing like those like background paintings and like uh, painted stills and that kind of stuff. So I don't think it's necessarily a, a they ran out of money thing. Uh, hmm. I think it's just they they badly paced what they wanted to do with this episode thing, and they had already done it and didn't want to lose the money by not using it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I think mean, like it, it looks good. Way it seems like it's a thing they wanted to look good and different. Uh huh. And they were like, "Oh, guess we'll guess we'll do this then." Yeah, <laughs> it's I. You know what? I I think I would I I choose to personally read it as like a juxtaposition of like crazy big battle happening, and then Maneva's just calmly playing the violin in peace, far away from the fighting. Yeah, yeah. Also, she sounds she sounds like she's good at it. So yeah, she, yeah, well, yeah. She's 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 a she's a child prodigy. Yeah, we love yeah. to see it. Yeah, 
You see, this is her true calling, and if only she wasn't forced by her man to like learn scripted lines in order to for her man to uh, 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 vicariously do fascism, she could be the violin prodigy of space. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. Uh, War really uh, is hell. Rekka was out here in the Palace Athene, though, and uh, yeah, she just starts blasting baby. the Argama. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she like perfectly targets part of its like rear thruster or whatever. And then Camille gets the DM. He's like, ah, oh, beans, not again. Yeah. Uh, also, Faw's the first person to come back, and like the Methus and, and the, the palace just start fighting back and forth. <laughs> Can you say cat fight? Uh, Sarah also Don't escapes. No, cat's not here. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, cat's isn't here. Yeah. Ah! This is clearly a Faw fight. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on uh, Sarah makes her escape from the <laughs> ship, uh, and Katz, uh basically new type senses when she hops into the ball sack or whatever that fucking mobile suit is called, and escapes. Yeah, escapes from the Argama. Um, Char orders Emma to go after him, um, and yeah, we get back to the Methus and uh, the Athene fighting. Uh, but it seems like it's pretty outclassed by this experimental mobile suit until Camille uh-huh. comes in to support them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say uh-huh. that kind of. Far and Rekua's like confrontation, the fact that they're like, oh, Rekua, oh, Far, and that they, they, like, this is a confrontation that I can more get behind. That, like, I don't want to see Camille, but I do want to see Far kind of call Rekua out on some shit. Um, yeah. Which she does. Because uh, they end up like grappling, and it's a cool scene. Because I was paying attention because for once I was like, "Oh, I care about this confrontation." Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and they do like a cool thing where like they grapple each other and end up like falling into like a big hole in the gate of Zedon. Yeah, and yeah. like Reko even shoots two Titan mobile suits that were coming in to help her and like kill Fa. So like that's cool. Uh- yeah, yeah, it's like it's still interesting enough. Like the struggle Reko is feeling between like what side to be a part of mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and yeah they're flying in like Rekua pins Faw's robot against a wall and then oh god here it comes baby they walk out of their mobile suits let's let's get some ideology up in yeah. this podcast let's have remember remember when we used to have fun on the show not anymore not let's anymore get yeah. let's get angry uh Rekua says that she doesn't have any ideology um she was uh, she's looking for something to restore the affections that she's lost to war like, she's saying the exact same shit that she's been saying the whole time to yeah. Camille. Uh, but um, she's saying it to a woman this time, which makes it different. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like... She uh, feels content and stable as a woman. Yeah. Uh, she she also comments that, uh, you know, like, the, you know, Fod makes some comments about Camille and, and requests says, Camille is a man after all. And, uh, you know, Fod's <sighs> like, that has nothing to do with it. Justice for Fa. Fa gets it. Justice for Fa. <laughs> yeah. Justice by far to Rekua. Because, yeah, like, yeah, like, whenever Rekua mentions, like, oh, it's Camille, Camille's a man, like, you never understand. Fa is literally like, it's not about gender, though. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, because, like, Rekua's kind of insinuating that, that the only reason that Camille cares about her is because she's a woman and he's a man, so obviously he's going to have affection for her, and that's why he wants to protect her, which isn't true at all. Camille just doesn't want people to die. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty noble yeah. goal as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, and we get, we get like, capital T, capital L, the line here. where Oh, I Rekua's... thought the capital T was going to be for transphobia. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah. The, the line is, everyone is either male or female. Ideologies and beliefs are another story. This, Fucking... again, the first novel in the song <sighs> is, in this, in this world, you're either a man or a woman. Politics and ideology have nothing to do with that. Oh... <laughs> That's the most 
most incorrect sentence I've ever heard anyone say a ever. Hole in my wall right so, now. So, uh, like, here, here's my thing with it. I want to start this off with saying that um, I don't want us to defend the show's takes on uh, uh, gender and stuff with what I'm about to say, uh, because I, okay. I think it's really important to point out that, like, regardless of of how they're playing this particular thing, like, Zeta Gundam's idea of what peace looks like is absolutely, like, a heteronormative nuclear family. Like, that's mm. that's what it's about. Yes, yes. And the, the thing that we're supposed to kind of, like, take as a good thing is that, you know, the Argama is, like, a bunch of characters that are sacrificing their ability to have that kind of normalcy or to have that kind of peace so that they can then fight against, you know, the Titans or the Zobbies or whoever so they can, you know, like, allow this conflict to end. They can bring it into this conflict. People can go back to their peaceful lives. Where then, kind of like the unsaid thing is, like, Camille and Fa get married and take care of Shinta and Kuma as their kids. Or, you know, uh, Emma and Henkin uh, get married. Or whatever. Um, and the thing that I think that they're really trying to lean into with why what Rekua is saying is bad is because Rekua is saying that, like, the peace doesn't matter. You know, we know that she is kind of chasing the high of being a soldier, and joining the Titans allows her to do that and have this heteronormative, like, relationship with Sirocco. That basically, like, the the thing that we're supposed to take away as scary about this is, like, if the Titans win, the conflict is just going to keep going, but also the Titans are trying to make it so that your the idea of what you would think of as a peaceful, normal life, this kind of like reward of settling down and having a family, is a thing that they're instituting within the Titans in that you have people like Sarah and Rekua devoted to people like Sirocco. That that's a thing mm. they're actively courting that like, you know... It's not just that they're trying to, like, start a fascist police state, but that they are mirroring, like, all aspects of that. Like, you know, this is this is a thing with fascism. You know, the mm. idea that the the government mirrors the idea of, like, a father who controls his family, who mirrors, like, a capitalist that controls the workers. Like, this is all a unified thing, and this is what we're supposed to take away of as bad is the fact that, you know, Rekawa is like, oh, there's just men and women, and women need to be subservient to men, and now we need to be their soldiers, too. And that's really fucked up. But I don't want us to forget that also, like, the opposite of that, of the good thing that this show is trying to mirror this is, is we should just die in war, and the people who survived get to then get married and have children afterwards. So it just, it fucking sucks all the way down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's just, it's like... I, 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 I don't know. It's this like insane idea. It's more ideology dumping, right? But like, it feels like so wholly unnecessary. I mean, it it feels necessary to the writers because again, it's like a thesis of the show. But it's like I'm. It's so different comparing 0079 and Zeta, like the ideology dumps they've had between the shows. Because like, there was never any of this in the first Gundam show. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot else in the Gundam show. But like for this, it's like. It is just hammering this so hard. Every single time Rekua talks to a character, it just boils down to this. It's like, this sh- the, uh, this sh- certainly was a show written in the 80s, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's hard to sort of constructively talk about it because a lot of it boils down to it's like, damn, watching this in 2020 is not good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, there's just, 
I I want to I I like I want to like meet the show halfway, and I think that there is a there is a potential story with Rekua being uh, this person who who turns to fascism because it's easy for her because it supports mm-hmm. the things that she wants, and you know she is a villain because she is ignoring like the plights of the other people around her in favor of like what is making her feel good. I think that is like that's a a a fine thing to have in a story, but it's the fact that like so much other stuff is just kind of like not spoken about like you know the zeta never gets into the fact that melanie hugh carbine is a moon capitalist that's controlling everything you know uh-huh. uh you know the they never really you know wong never like gets his comeuppance or anything like that uh because oh, Wong's still alive jesus <laughs> yep he's hanging out in la vie rose yeah. uh and so it just kind of sucks that like yeah, I mean, like you say, Max, like, this is a show made in 1980 in, like, a very, like, you know, conservative society. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you were never going to be able to, like, escape Japan's idea, uh, ideas of what gender was in the year 1985 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, it fucking, this is maybe, like, like, one of the worst parts of Zeta is just the, the way that it doubles down on its, like, gender sexuality bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to, just to make it even worse, I want to bring in the thing that Far says at the end of this episode. Um, oh boy. When they, like, I think they, I know, they fucking sit down and discuss the tragic loss that they've just had. Sure. Um, and, like, Far is talking to Emma about Rekua, and Far is just like, oh yeah, but, you know, it just, it's upsetting because she chose a course that most women probably would have considered. Yeah. And, like, Emma is like, mm, I wouldn't say that at all, Far. Yeah. Um, so yeah. thank you, Yama, for fucking saying that. But it's just like the fact that from that being at the end of the episode, it really feels like the Rekua saying this stuff to Far at this point does strike a bell with Far and strike a chord with Far. And the fact that like maybe Far can relate to I don't know the fact that Rekua took this opportunity in order to have more power and do more fight mm-hmm. and just. You know, maybe there's a thing here about the fact that Rekua has done this to to, to to have girl power. Yeah, like there's <sighs> there's like a a heavy edge to it that, and I think this is the thing that like like specifically the AU characters are starting to lean into is like how much they've sacrificed, and down to like any like like idea of normalcy. Because like in the sub, what Fa says is uh, that Rekua is living the life of a woman. Um, yeah, which that kind of feels like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and, and like, you know, I would, I would love to read into Emma disagreeing about this of being like, no, to be a woman, you don't need to just like be in love with somebody or whatever, or, you know, whatever. Uh, but it definitely, I think the thing that we're supposed to take from it is this idea that, you know, uh, the, the AU is sacrificing, their sexuality and their gender and like their bodily autonomy to be soldiers to fight this war and that's what we're supposed to think is noble like it's kind of connecting mm-hmm. back to Amuro becoming Gundam like this is the the good thing is to like give yourself up to this this ideological cause as opposed to like the bad thing of of like holding on to your ego holding on to your desires and leaning into them in in ways that like hurt other people which is what Rekka was doing uh I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just dog shit. <laughs> well, I was very grateful whenever this scene was interrupted by a big explosion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Camille, Camille um, pokes his head in a Zeta Gundam and like 
fires a Vulcan in or something like that, and like shit starts blowing up. Yeah. And like you know, Rek was escaping, and Fa is like holding the gun. She can't bring herself to shoot her because fucking course she can't. Um, yeah, and then, and like she she yeah, gets yeah. away because Fa can't do it. Foiled it, foiled again. <laughs> Literally, this is the point of the show where I start rooting for Rekua's death, like, actively. <laughs> God, I cannot wait for her to beef it. She has to beef it. Just, I please, please give me something. Because <laughs> when, when she's dead, hopefully no one's going to say the wild shit that she does. So it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a reprieve from her weird transphobia. Yeah, yeah, obviously Rekua's the source of all that in the show. And it's when Rekua's, she's gone, it's it'll be fine. Yeah, Camille has certainly never said any gender essentialist, sexually essentialist <laughs> bullshit over the course of the show. I, I, I hate this show. <laughs> So, uh, Sayer and Katz, is, it's their turn to fight now. Oh, yeah, and, this like, is know. the other fucking wildest shit I've ever heard, but, but slightly like, less but like, the other thing. Yeah, compared to the previous scene, this is completely normal and innocuous. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sarah wants to return to Sirocco. She can't love Katz. And, like, I, I, I forget exactly what she sort of says, because, like, you know, Katz is trying to get her to go. And she's like, okay, like, shoot me. You know, you're so <laughs> Better up, do all it. Up in your... Better kill me in one shot. Yeah. Yeah, you're so all up in your convictions. You don't want me to go to Sirocco so bad. Kill me. Then I won't be able to go to it. Like, better better make it count. Yeah, and he's like, he can't because he cares about her, and, like, he basically, like, tells her that, that he loves her, and she says, it's unmanly to actually express it in words. Why can't, uh, that's why I can't love you in my heart, which, God is a uh. fucked up thing to say. Uh. In the dub, uh, the translation of this is Kat's, this is not exactly, but Kat says, says something along lines of Sarah, like, I just want to talk to you, like, I really don't want to kill you here. And Kat's is like, what? Even if, like, you think things like that. A real man would never say such a thing. And that's the reason I could never truly love you. Which is like, that's far less wild than what the fucking sub says. Um, but it, it's just, there's just, it's, it could, cause at first I like missed part of the thing that Sarah says, um, where she was like, a real man would never express that. I thought that what she'd meant is like, oh, a real man would never not want to kill me. And I'm like, what? You can't love him because he wouldn't kill you for real? Um, which I sort of went back and was like, oh, right, this is about some toxic masculinity bullshit that Sarah's apparently mm-hmm. into. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also like, you know, this is the reason, uh, like, that Char is cool, is that, yeah, he, he like, you know, uh, pushed him to shove. He'll probably, like, if, if he was put in this exact same situation with Rekoa, he would kill Rekoa. Like, I don't think we have oh, any yeah. question about that. And, like, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, like, Quattro is supposed to be, like, this icon of, of masculinity for the show. And, like... I don't. Th- I don't think the show is saying that that's good. I think the show is saying that that's bad. But also, like they, we're we're really close to the end. They really got to set some villains up, and they really got to make us hate Sarah right now for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, like you know? it does also feel like this. The show is being like, oh, this is what girls are into. Girls like men that are emotionless and they don't like nice guys that are really to open up. We're we're very quickly running out of characters who would who wouldn't shoot someone for saying some <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Yeah, we really are. Like the the <sighs> next time or two it happens, someone's gotta die. Yeah. Oh, like man. over the course of this uh, conflict, just everyone's feelings have been steadily wearing thinner and thinner, including mine, because I'm currently rooting for Echoist. We're, we're all the grandma with a gun meme yeah. right now. I mean oh God. I mean if we if we compare it back to like 
uh, the end of Mobile Suit Gundam, you know, kind of like the the thing that hinged on the the kind of like climax of that show was like the concept of of open communication, of making yourself vulnerable, mm-hmm. of telling people why you feel things, and like I I feel like this is like helping point to that to be like yeah you know being being a new type isn't about having psychic powers or having your consciousness is expanded it's about being to tell being able to tell people like how you feel and being able to clearly communicate and kind of showing that you know there are people who can do that in the in this show like cats can tell people how he feels camille has kind of like learned how to open himself up to other people and then the the old types are people like sarah who think that no you need to wall yourself off because that's what like that's what's manly and powerful and what's going to like change the world or whatever and i guess that's the fight we're about to see play out is is who can like openly communicate and who can't or something (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah god whatever the thing that saved me from this scene was emma from off screen coming in and being like fucking shoot her Kill her! <laughs> Just kill her! Blow her head Do up! Yeah, she, fuck, she escapes. Um, we cut over mercifully to access a big orb breaks off the top of yeah. it, which I guess is like people are in that orb, and that's like maybe the command center or whatever, because like the whole rest of that thing still gonna hit uh, Gate of Zidane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ax- uh, Axis is absolutely about to ooh. nut. Uh, it's <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got about to get a big nut up in here. Um, uh, Jared is fighting, and he like new type feels Camille right away and flies off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Like, Rekua, Rekua wants to help because, you know, enemy of my enemy. And Jared is like, no, because I need, I'm a failed son. I need to kill Camille all by myself. Yeah. It's my treat. Uh, no, no. Uh, but the uh, Fa with the messes comes comes in and grapples Jared to stop him from uh, trying to kill Camille. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's good fun time. Uh, well, because yeah, I guess Rekua has like grabbed a hold of Camille, and Jared's like, "Well, I'll kill both of them." And so then the Methus right, comes in yeah. to stop them. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Methus comes in to stop, and this is a bad idea because Fa's not able to stop either of them. And uh, boy, Apple is here, and he's like, "Oh no, you're gonna get shot by like a, I think some Barzams are showing up here, or maybe it's Jared." So the point is, someone shoots, and Apple has to dive in and save the day, and Apple dies. Yeah. And it's, and like, this is, this triggers Camille to go into sicko mode. Yeah. The boy ain't right. Get into therapy right away, please. (laughs) He just, he just starts like chanting, like, murderer, 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 murderer. Mm -hmm. Like some fucking like Macbeth type shit (laughs) while there's like increasingly weirder angled close-ups of like just Mm -hmm. his body, no robot. So that's how you know shit's really going down. And like, he McFucking loses it, basically. Um, I don't know how, because I think Jared escapes. Jared ends up escaping. It's like, they, they yeah. keep, like, uh, like, Jared keeps doing the smart thing of, like, doing faint runaways and then coming back and attacking more. So, like, usually, like, a, mm. a Camille-Jared fight sequence will end with Jared, like, running off to, like, get a better position, and then we'll cut back to them fighting again later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he, I think he just, like, ends up escaping for real. Yeah, he, because... like, comments... Speak referring to Camille, like he says, like, "Oh, where did he get this power? Yeah, you know, the power mm. of McFucking losing it." It's, um, it's it's like Goku going Super Saiyan after Frieza kills Krillin. Yeah. It's just triggered by anger. Um, mm-hmm. Bright does order everybody to retreat because it's three minutes until Axis time. Um, three minutes. 
Metal Axis. Thank you. Thank uh, you, Max. And uh, <laughs> then the asteroids collide, and, like, fucking Axis just rips straight through the Gate of Zidon. Like, just yeah, splits in fucking half. <laughs> Big nut up in here. This is the point at which I realized that Axis was a big space rock. <laughs> <laughs> this! No earlier! Not no earlier. <laughs> I don't know, I just really God. had to be paying attention. Yeah. Because, again, like, the reason I watch the dub is because I'm not good with my eyes. I just listen to know what happens. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Turns Ro- out it rocks was a rock. Collide. The, the rocks collide. There's debris just everywhere in insane amount. It's, like, smashing all these surrounding ships. Mm. Like, I think, like, as is happening, like, Aegis trying to capture, like, Titan transports. I guess they're trying to see if they can get Baskin and Hyman. Because, like, Emma's, Emma's flying up, like, pointing at ships, like, you know, better stop it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking Bass doesn't give a shit, though. He's like, let him get, ca- let AU, like, capture these ships. They're going to get destroyed in the shockwave. Let's just get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, because he's, like, you know, him and, and, um. Hyman. Yeah, Hyman's, like, in a, sh- in a ship, and he's just, like, watching the other ships kind of get destroyed by debris, and he's like, <laughs> they couldn't even dodge some debris. Ugh, they deserve to die. Mm-hmm. Or some shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jared and Camille do continue to fight, though, uh, amongst the space rocks until Char shows up and kind of, like, chases Jared off, uh, finally. Yeah. And they both go back to safety. <laughs> and this is, like, this is the first time we saw Char since he launched, and I'm just, every time Char's not on screen, I should be asking, what the fuck is Char doing? <laughs> yeah! Um, me personally is asking that. Yeah. yeah. And here he is, and, and he saves the day, he gets Camille to stop it, and, like... And then we cut over, and we have that scene again that we talked about that I don't want to touch anymore of, you know, Fa saying some wild shit and Emma saying, you're wrong, idiot. Yeah, and just, like, surrounding that is everyone being really sad about Opoly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, someone who would actually care if, if they were shot and killed. Yeah, uh, Apoly's last words were justice for Fa, though, thankfully. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he said hashtag justice uh, yeah. for Fa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, the last sort of bit we get is Melanie Hugh Carbine himself goes to meet Haman with Char to negotiate. Well, yeah. the important thing about the last bit is the fact that some really sick guitar music plays over it <laughs> while mm, we get mm, the narration mm. of what's happening. Yeah, it's like, you know, nothing but like a nice soulful ballad guitar solo to sort of take you out of a cool transphobia episode. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Just play us out. <laughs> Just play us out. Yeah, that's the show. Whatever. That's episode. I'm, I'm tired and mad. Listen, uh, we've only got five left, um, and Whew. the ending of Zeta is certainly a fucking roller coaster. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. I'm smiling serenely. I'm sure no no one will come to Tragica next episode. Yeah. Um. If you if you watched the uh, if you watch the end of episode previews, uh, which I know a lot of people don't because they tend to completely spoil things out of nowhere with zero context. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to until unless I'm told I should otherwise. Uh, usually, I think that you know I like to watch the third one just so that I have a little a little teaser, a little taste going mm-hmm. yeah. until we do our next recording. But uh, wow, they just straight up they're like, oh, yep, this thing happens next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Colin, I'm really tired and, and just exhausted from this episode. Do you think you could pour me a drink that'll help soothe my nerves? Oh yeah, you know, a nice little a nice little cocktail to brighten you up, just liven you up a little bit. Mm. Um, so Please. uh I wanted to do a Haman Karn themed drink tonight. Uh because I'm with her. you know, 
uh, classy lady that she is. Uh, she wants she wants to get things done, but she you know she she she's not down. She's down to party. You know she's she's gonna she's down for a drink or two. I feel like she wants to relax and and unwind with a nightcap every once in a while. Um, so the kind of like base drink idea I started with is a drink called a French seventy five. Um, uh-huh. uh, which was popularized uh, around uh, the First World, World War uh, in Paris. It was named so for uh, a, a common French artillery gun, uh, which is the French 75 millimeter cannon, uh, because this drink was said to hit you as if you got struck by one. Um, a fr- French 75 is a really, really, really great classic cocktail. I highly recommend ordering one uh if you ever go out to a cocktail bar they're a little annoying to make unless you just want to commit to making a lot of them because it's made with champagne or a sparkling wine um and it's basically it's uh you know uh it's gin lemon juice uh simple syrup and champagne and it's just and like how many have you made so far um uh i've had two uh i've made three today i drank two of them uh just getting the <laughs> recipe down because i wanted to play around with a different sure. couple of things uh and uh you know usually like uh if we ever get like a, a bottle of prosecco for uh like brunch uh to to go along with whatever breakfast we make like uh, my wife will have mimosas and I'll be making French 75s. And that way we can get through that without me drinking an entire bottle of Prosecco. Um, but that that's why I recommend getting them at a bar because that way you don't have to worry about, oh, I bought I bought a bottle of, of, of champagne and I don't know what to do with it. Or for example, if you want to test a recipe out, you don't hold on to a single bottle of sparkling wine for a week and a half. <laughs> Because if you open it and start playing around with it, it's going to go flat by the time that you have to record the episode and you kind of want to drink one right. with the episode. But anyways, um, Haman mm-hmm. is pink, so we're not going to use champagne this time. We're going to use uh, we're going to use a sparkling rosé. Uh, oh, like Super Saiyan Rosé from Dragon Ball Yes, Super. exactly. Uh, I would recommend a dry French Rosé, although if you wanted to get a little bit of deeper color, if you wanted more sweetness, I would say go with like a Lambrusca. Uh, which is like a a sparkling Italian red wine that's really, really good. Um, And uh, we're going to save that for the end, though. Uh, First, we're going to take... um, You can do this two ways. You can do it like a a traditional French 75, uh, squeeze the juice from half a lemon, um, uh, half an ounce of simple syrup, and then two ounces of uh, gin, uh, in a cocktail shaker with ice, shake it for like 15 seconds, and then you're going to want to double strain that uh, with a, a traditional cocktail strainer and then a mesh strainer, just to make sure that a lot of like the ice per, uh, particulates don't make it in there, and a lot of like the lemon flesh doesn't make it in there, um, and uh, then top that off with three ounces of uh, the uh, sparkling wine. I don't think that like that's it's still kind of cloudy. It tastes fine. Uh, but I think, you know, Haman Karn really, like, appreciates, a, a, you know, the the kind of sparkling nature of, of, of the beverage and, like, really, like, likes appearances. Appearances are really important to her. She likes rooms covered in gold foil, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I think we really want to get this, uh, uh, this um, uh, drink as crystal clear as possible. So, like we made for the uh, the gimlet way back in the char drink episode uh we're gonna make lemon cordial uh you can basically use the same recipe that i use there but just use lemon juice and lemon zest instead of lime juice and lime zest uh so i've had that on deck for a while so that's going to be a lot clearer uh and the lemon is going to go a lot better with this than the lime will so we're still going to use lemon so we'll do three quarters of an ounce of that 
and then two ounces of vodka. Uh, normally, I really don't like vodka in mixed drinks. Um, I think that if, if you're going to use liquor in a mixed drink, you need to like lean into the kind of flavor profiles of that liquor. And like the shitty thing about vodka is it doesn't, good vodka doesn't taste like anything. So you're basically just adding alcohol for the sake of having alcohol. Uh, That's how I yeah. drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this is one of the few situations where I think the, uh, I don't want like the the flavor of gin or like some other like or a light rum or anything to like hide like the flavor of the lemon cordial and the red wine. I really want that to shine. I really want that to be the thing that's forward and comes through. And so having the extra alcohol from the vodka will help kind of like give it more of a nose without hiding those flavors. So we're going to do uh, that just to get the right kind of like mouthfeel and like, you know, ABV and everything. Um so we'll shake that over ice, like uh, just like before, for like 15 seconds. Double strain it into a glass, and then top it off with uh, three ounces of a dry French rosé. Uh, and it just makes this really, really like nicely tart, uh, really effervescent. Uh, gives you get a lot of that kind of lemon and uh, the kind of like. Uh, stone fruit qualities of like a dry French rosé and it's just uh, super nice it's a nice kind of like uh, cocktail hour drink I think you know uh, uh, you know Haman goes uh, gets around to these for her and the boys they drink that cheers and then they go into battle and whatever or you know uh, Jamatov Hyman shows up and says oh uh, <laughs> I won't die for you or you know Char and Melanie Hugh Carbine show up with the deeds to all of side three or fucking whatever uh but yeah that's that is my haman karn drink <laughs> mm, take a sip yeah. babes it's also a really pretty pink color <laughs> yeah yeah like it sounds like a drink that i would really that's really pretty really just great to to drink and be around and that would end up in my personal complete humiliation oh no it's yeah. uh wow this drink is it's very concentrated in alcohol and it's very easy to throw lots of them back repeatedly uh <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good drink to me <laughs> just the way i like yeah. it cool thank you colin that was it we're gonna have to like make like a recipe book at some point <laughs> yeah the, the, of the, of the three robot. drinks colin has brought yeah. zine Mmm, well, cool robot zine's not a bad yeah. idea. <sighs> well, the time has come to put ourselves to bed and get ready for, like, just hell, probably in the next two weeks. <laughs> um, if you want to find us on the internet, you can do that. Me, personally, I've been Max. You can find me on Twitter at MaxVigilion. I got some other podcasts. One called Pot Agreed. I do with Sarah over here, a couple other people. Yo. We have a lot of good times doing it. We're on Yu-Gi-Oh! GX now. Very, very good show. Very fun time. He's an Italian clown there. Can't stop talking about him. Mamma truly, truly the Jared of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> you can find that on Twitter at Pod of Greed Cast. Another show called Slappers Only. It's a video game music showdown podcast I do with my friend Jordan. Uh, you can go to slappersonlypod.com for that. And we just recorded an episode on Mario Kart 8, which will be going up the day before this episode goes up. Check it out. Mm. Nice. Uh, my name is Sarah. Hi, I use uh, she and they pronouns. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah, we which we didn't say at the start of the episode. <laughs> uh, remembered halfway through episode three. Um, and yeah, you can find me on the internet on Pot of Greed. And I also used to do a podcast called Never Believe It, which was about Naruto. Um, December is in about eleven days. I don't know why I said that. Actually, that's nothing to do with anything. 
Oh, it's the holiday season is coming up. Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to uh, December. And you can find uh, my website at sarahmcclintock.com. S-A-R-A-H-M-C-C-L-I-N-T-O-C-K. Uh, com, and you can go there and you can purchase knitwear products for you and your loved ones uh, this holiday season. I actually Good have content. no idea if I spelt my own name right. I kind of got lost in the sauce there. <laughs> People know. People Hopefully it'll know. be linked in the description. Yeah, I'll link, I'll link it. <laughs> and hi, my name is Colin. Uh, my pronouns are they and them. And uh, I do one other podcast called MetaWatch. Uh, where we are watching the children's show MetaWatch, uh, or excuse me, MetaBots. Uh, it's a great time, uh, you know, come hang out with uh, me and my co-host Mitch as we talk about Beetle Robots. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, we're having fun with it. Uh, it's certainly not the the intellectual um, brain food that Zeta Gundam is, but also there's no transphobia in it. So, you know, love that. <laughs> it's probably better. <laughs> Uh, you can also find me on uh, social media at Pagetish, that is uh, at P-A-D-G-E-T-T-I-S-H. And where can we find your upcoming zine of recipes? Uh, dude, fuck it, I don't know, I'm not organizing <laughs> it. <laughs> Howl into the night. Yeah. It'll, it'll uh, you follow my Twitter, I'll probably post recipes now and then, especially if people ask me Hell for yeah. them. Um, yeah. Um, well, if you want to find this show that's run by Colin and Sarah and me, who uses he him pronouns... Um, you can go to twitter.com slash wowcoolpodcast. Uh, we have a Discord. It's linked there. Um, uh, thank you to noisespace.xyz. is a podcast network. You can go to that website to find this and many, many other shows, including, hey, Slappers Only is on there now. Uh, upcoming Kyle XY. A lot of shows were just added. So Sorry, many, sorry. You mean Kyle XY? Kyle XY? <laughs> Kyle XY? Um, good podcasts. Good eating. Love to see um, it. As as my co-host Mitch pointed out to me, uh, people talk a lot about how Kyle XY doesn't have a belly button, but we don't talk enough about the fact that he has a hatch on his back with a bare metal in it. So I'm really excited <laughs> for people to really discover this this uh, uh, you know uh, this Fuck. this mystical show that is Kyle XY. <laughs> God, I can't wait! It's going to be so bad. Uh, that's actually I think it's coming out this weekend or the next one. It's coming out soon. Yeah. Um, and the last thing we have to do is ask. I think it's you, Colin, right? Yeah. Is it, is it, Colin, what's your robot of the week? My robot of the week is T.O. from Grandia 2. Um, Grandia 2 was my post-election treat. Uh, And uh, so I've been, I basically, you know, played through uh, the whole game in a, like, practically no time. I beat it in, like, 36 hours. It felt like nothing. Um, But T.O. is a really cool, like, automaton soldier that was made in a war between the good god and the evil god centuries ago she fights Uh with cool chakrams uh she's got like a like a a really cool kind of like stat setup uh and like it introduces a couple of uh mechanics into that rpg when she shows up that like uh you like she's like a cool like dodge based character like you like you can set her up to like do like cool evasion stuff and like set her up to do counters when she evades and is like a cool little like uh you know it's fun when rpgs introduce new characters that actually like fundamentally like make you rethink how the game works uh i i love it when they do that and uh i like her hair yeah she's yeah she's got crazy hair uh and a, a cool like you know she's got like blue skin and like a cool like dress and stuff and she's got weird little opposable green butt wings um yeah don't we? Uh, uh, her dad's a lion. It's great. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, 
right on. <clears throat> thank, thank you, Tio. Shout out to yeah. you. Um, <laughs> and lastly, to close us out, as we say, in the words of uh, not Rekua, first of all, in 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 the in the words of Balsack Salami, <laughs> um, <laughs> war is bad. Wow, cool robot. Thank you. Good night, everyone.